Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by CGC Cards, card grading all in one place. CGC Cards is devoted to expert grading of collectible cards, including TCGs, sports cards, and non-sports cards. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by GemRate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast, where we talk TTM, cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. And a whole lot more usually means whatever Drew wants to talk about, but Drew is on vacation this week, so we have a very special gentleman pinch hitting, and he has been on the show before. You've heard you've heard him in uh, doing Clemente's World every month, and I'm talking, of course, about Clemente Lee. Say welcome, Clemente. Hey, great to be here. Uh, we can't wait. We have, we have a really fun show for you guys. It is Season 5, Episode 43, October 28th, our last show in October. Uh, Clemente, why don't you give people your, your Twitter handle so they, if they want to follow you on Twitter? Sure, it's at Clemente Lisi, um, and that's the best place to probably find me. Um, I'm always on there. Yeah, and Clemente also posts on Puck Junk. He always has articles on Puck Junk. He has an article cover story. Congratulations. Welcome to the club in Sports Collectors Digest. And uh, he's written a book. Do you want to let, tell everyone about your book? Yeah, History of the World Cup. It came out almost a year ago now, and uh, sales have been swift. Uh, they've been good. Um, it's still available on Amazon and Barnes and & Nobles and everywhere else. I, I go to local bookstores all the time, and I, I see it on the shelves still. So it's available. If you're a big fan of soccer and the World Cup, by all means, uh, uh, purchase it. Yeah, guys, it's a great book in terms of if you know nothing about World Cup like me, right? It's a great primer for the history of the World Cup. And he runs down all these great events, uh, the great World Cup events and the controversies. And it's a, it's really uh, it's it's a it's a little it's a long book, but it's very concise. And there's all sorts of great stories in. It. So I you should applaud yourself for Clemente because it's a, a really I know I can see how much work you put into it. And it's a really uh, educational book for me. It was a very educational book for me, actually. No, I appreciate it. And, and while I was doing all the publicity for the book over the for months, you have to you know go on different shows and podcasts and TV. I mean, this is how I met you. You know, I wrote to you and we got to know each other and now we're friends and now I'm co-hosting, which is the one thing that's missing from my resume. So I'm <laughs> and uh, podcast no, co-host, put that on the resume. Yeah, that's that's that was the one thing missing. It's on, it was on my bucket list. So here I am now. I, I can say I, I co-hosted a podcast. I spent many years in journalism many years in print journalism so you know the joke always was hey you have a face for radio uh or you know or in my case maybe a voice for print so <laughs> i'm happy to be on here with you of course every month but co-hosting i think this will be fun i agree i'm looking forward to it. and you also have a um a great soccer newsletter it comes out every monday right yeah so i write for the newsletter the newsletters every monday uh planet soccer plantsoccer.substack.com. It's almost turning a year old. Um, I do have some news to break regarding the podcast. So in addition to the Monday newsletter, um, I publish articles during the week, opinion pieces, all that stuff. All that stuff will go behind the paywall starting November 1st, but the newsletter will still be free on Mondays. 
Oh, so, good. So if you're following me, say, don't take my newsletter away. No, the newsletter will still be free for everybody, but everything else will go behind the paywall. And simply because it's it's been a while now, I've gotten a lot of subscribers. And as you know, Jeff, you know, good journalism costs money. You know, I travel sometimes. I cover stories. I went to the MLS playoffs this past week. That, you know, getting interviews with players and, and going out and going covering games, that that takes time and money. And so, you know, I thought after almost a year to put some stuff behind the paywall, but the newsletter really is the calling card of the website. And that's how people interact with it mostly. So I want to keep that free. And that's in your inbox every Monday morning. I, I send it out super early. So when you wake up to it, you know, on the East Coast, you wake up to the newsletter. But um, but yeah, that's and it's almost a year. So it's, you know, for those of us who create content, the digital age is a really exciting time. I mean, you you have this podcast, I have this newsletter. I mean, there's a lot of avenues and opportunities for people like us of our age who grew up in an era where the only way to get any writing gigs was to like write to newspapers or magazines. I, I don't know about you, Clementi. My first job, right? I had a, I I wrote for a local paper here, and right. I I I was making seventeen thousand dollars a year. Right. <laughs> yeah, my first job um, was being a junior reporter at the New York Post, and I I made. That year, I only worked, I think, I got hired in June of that of 98. And I think the whole year I made like $9,500. I almost yeah. made $10,000 that year. And I got to tell you, someone who just graduated from school, I, I couldn't believe they were paying me to do journalism. But that gets really old quickly and you realize you got to make a living. And so yeah. it's a hard life. I mean, for those, you know, people. That's why, I, come on to, that's why I went into marketing. I had to make money. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. People I know in the business, they're all doing PR and marketing now. And, you know, that is a natural progression for people in journalism to do that because that's where the, the stability is there. But also there's real money there. And look, the ability to communicate, write well, those are skills everybody should have. And, and often a lot of people don't have those skills. So I'm happy that people in this business can transition to other things. But having said that, the digital age has created an opportunity for people to do stuff on the side, which is great. Yeah, I mean, like you and I could never have done a, a podcast like this or done, Drew does videos and there's all sorts of, you know, you have great, great newsletters and it just gives you, because it's so niche oriented, right? So, so, so what if we only talk to, and I don't, I'm saying only, but we talk to, you know, three to 5,000 people a week. Well, that those are three to 5,000 people a week that want to hear what we're saying, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, the, the internet is much more niche audiences. You're right. Like those those massive newspapers that used to get millions of subscribers don't even get that anymore. So everyone is kind of preaching to their choir. That's a phrase I like to use. And you're right. Like an audience of 5,000 is amazing. Had this show been an idea 30 years ago, you'd have to have tried to get it on the radio. And that could have taken a decade. And even then they might have said, but who's going to listen to this show on the radio? Nobody. So it would have been impossible. So no, I, I think the internet... For all the stuff that we complain about the internet, there's a lot of really good things. And and when you talk about trading collectibles community, it's great to have this. I got to tell you, when I, when I go to the National, I run into people that I know through podcasts, through the show, through other things. And that's really great. I, I know you've had those same experiences yep. and that would never happen in a pre-internet world. No, it's funny. It's because we, you know, we're, we're audio. So a lot of people don't know what we look like. Right. And uh, I'll be sitting at a, at a, at a card show just sitting there talking to somebody and someone will be turn around like hey i know you i know your voice how do i know your voice right it's cool when that happens it is it's very cool hey uh did you watch the the rangers and diamondbacks game last night we're, we're talking about game one of the the world series did you get to watch any of it 
Yeah, well, I, I caught a piece of it. I got to say, I've not watched as much of the baseball playoffs this year than I should have. And I know it was super exciting, um, but I do take time to watch the World Series because it's a big deal. I got to tell you, as a New York Yankees fan, it's hard for me to get excited about the Rangers of the Diamondbacks. I know, but it's, but, it's a good game. But it's, a, it's a good game. I think it will be a good series. Who do you like? I'll give you, you can make a prediction because I'm the worst predictor. In you the know, world. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought Houston was going to win this whole thing, but. Right. Um, look, I think the Rangers will do it in six. Okay. Drew, that makes Drew sad because Drew, Drew Drew hates the Rangers. He he, he said in a, a tweet yesterday, I think, or last night, he said, if even if the Rangers win five World Series in a row, they're, they're the worst organization in baseball. <laughs> I, I do like to listen to the show and listen to his hatred for the Rangers. I don't fully understand it, but I think it's more to do with the organization and the actual players in the field. And that yeah, I agree. I mean, look, I live in New York and a lot of people love the Yankees, but a lot of people hate the Yankees for a myriad of reasons, including the fact that, like, there's still people who are in their 80s and 90s who will tell me that they hate the Yankees because they grew up Dodgers fans. And when I asked them, well, who do you root for now? The Mets, right? They're like, no, 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 I don't have a baseball team. I just, <laughs> I just hate the Yankees. I'm like, I okay. I hate the Yankees. Yeah. Well, right. that's okay. That's a full-time business. That's a full-time well, you're Because you're a Red Sox fan, so that's part of your, that's a part-time job for you. You know what's funny is, I don't obviously I don't like the Yankees, but I do respect the, a lot of their players, the guys that, you know, the Derek Jeters and Mario Rivera's and um, Aaron Judge. I, you know, I think these I, I like I like what they do. It's just obviously I, I hate the Yankees as the evil empire and I never can root for them one second of my life. But <laughs> I will I will I will interject to say that once the Red Sox broke the curse in 04, the rivalry is not the same. I feel like it's- I agree. You know, you guys have won plenty since then. And so it's taken the air out of the tires a little bit. But growing up, it was a thing, obviously. And so, yep. and so I had I had relatives and still do in New Haven, Connecticut. And New Haven is like the line. like the, the cutoff, people, yeah. The people on one side of the street are Yankee fans and people across the street basically are Red Sox fans. So I had relatives who were split loyalty there. It was actually kind of interesting to look at that because that's when the the two media markets meet in that, in that town, in that city. It's kind of interesting. But everyone loves Pepe's Pizza. Oh, yeah. I went there about <laughs> during the pandemic. We took a ride up there and the clam pie supreme. It's so they, 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 I, we have a, a Pepe's Pizza in the mall near us. So we, we can get it mm. every once in a while. It's so it's so good. They have, how about the hamburger place in, in uh, New Haven? Have you been to that one? The birth, the place where they had the birth of the hamburger? No, I've never been there. Um, yeah, they have this old grill from like the 1890s or something, and where they they the guys the, they first made the hamburger. This and it's supposed to be the best. Well, it probably tastes good because they haven't changed the grill. They probably haven't changed the grill in 170 years. Because once you change the grill, the flavor is totally changed, right? <laughs> All right, let's talk a little hockey. My Bruins lost the other night. I I I, I know you missed it. The Bruins played the Anaheim Ducks uh, two nights ago. They are winning three to one with a minute 20 left in the game. And uh, they got a penalty, like a roughing penalty or something. So they get a penalty. The Ducks pulled their goalie. So now it's six on four. They score a goal. Just as the just as the penalty was ending, probably, probably a minute, whatever left. They score a goal. So now it's three to two. They're winning, still winning. They The Ducks put the goalie back in. They play for a little while. Then they pull the goalie again. The the Ducks score with 14 seconds left in the game to make it 3-3. I'm like, oh, I can't believe that they, they, they're blowing this game. They, they come out in overtime, right? The uh, And the 
Bruins held the puck for maybe three seconds of, of uh, three minutes, and the guy, the the Ducks scored a goal to win the game. It was so frustrating. It's just I know it's a regular season, and you know it's, it, the Bruins there they were six and zero or seven zero at that point, so they probably are just playing another game. But when your team blows a game like that, doesn't it kill you? Yeah, you know it's funny because you don't see comebacks like that too often. Now the Bruins they had a lot of turnover over the over the over the offseason, but they still are a really good team. I think Montgomery's a great coach. And but you know, the truth is you can't play the Blackhawks on your schedule all the time. I feel like every time I watch them, they're playing the Blackhawks and they're winning. So no, when I you know. play other teams, you're inevitably going, you know, they they played on that other night, the frozen frenzy, which I watched. And I gotta say, it was kind of like a red zone type thing that ESPN was doing. I thought it was super exciting by staggering the, the start times. But they spent like three minutes like looking at an offside of Connor Bedard's goal. That was not the most exciting television for people who are not hockey fans. I, I know. And don't you hate when they get picky like that? It's just like, you know what? Yeah. It was an offside, I guess, by the letter of the law it was. But it really wasn't, you know? I mean, yeah. And I thought she – well, because they had the review. If they didn't have the review, he would have had the goal, Bedard. And look, you can tell by the coverage the last few weeks, the NHL is all in on Connor Bedard. Well, I don't blame them. <laughs> I mean, they're all into the point. They're in a- he, they're going to crown him king of the hockey. Right? Yeah, people I know are already nauseated by the whole thing. You know, it's it's funny because the Blackhawks are on TV all the time now, and they're not a good team. We know that. Yeah, they're so not good at all. It's interesting, but he's fun to watch, I will admit. I know we've talked about him many times, and you, you can't not talk about him. But the league is banking on him. I got to say, for the small sample size I've seen, he's showing up. And you know what? He's also getting a lot of ice time that is helping him. Obviously. I agree. I agree. But, hey, you know what I want? I don't know if you saw this, but um, the Blackhawks are now um, having the option of printed tickets. You can get printed tickets uh-huh. for ten dollars a ticket. You can only get it if you had seats for that game. You can't, you know, you can't call up and say, "Hey, I, want, I need a, two tickets from Connor Dodd's first game." But right. if you actually went to the game and you had electronic electronic tickets they will sell you uh, printed tickets for ten dollars a ticket. Now that's a great idea, but it's a little too late for that first game. And that I first- know. Right. That, that's all done. Now, having said that, thank you for sending me the poster that you got, because that's the only tangible relic from that game. And I think that that might have some value in the future, even though the whole front is a, is a Bruins thing. But the back, <laughs> I know. But, but isn't it neat that it's it's got the box score on the back with it? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a start in one game. Yeah. Assist. It's funny because what you sent me 30 years ago would have been a whole program. Right. And now right. it's not just one I'm even happy they're doing that. I didn't even think they were doing that anymore. But the tickets thing is a good idea. But I guess the first ticket they printed from game eight or whatever it is, that's his first ticket, I guess, because like you said, his first game, there was no ticket. The right. Bruins- Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh was not printing tickets. The Bruins didn't print. print yeah. Print I guess tickets, his first so. home game would count, but I don't know if they were printing tickets for that. I feel like the the team got on that wagon too late. It makes me think that they didn't know about it until fans started calling and requesting it. And they thought, what, is this a thing? People collect tickets, which I say this many times. There's a real disconnect between the hobby and collectors and the franchise and the teams and the leagues. Yep. Like, I mean, if I was working at the league, I would have been like, guys, Bedard's going to make his debut. We have to be ready to, people want merch and they want tangible artifacts. But right, the and they're missing a huge marketing opportunity, yeah. right? You know, if they printed a commemorative, like when I I went to the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks first game, uh, uh, whatever it was, Chase Field, um, and they gave out a a holograph ticket, uh, like uh, 
a nice ticket, holograph ticket and a, um, a holder. And I forget what are the banks or whatever sponsored it, but that was money that they, you know, that that's marketing money that they, the Arizona Diamondbacks generated from that. And that was, you know, baseball is much better at doing it than hockey ever was. And I think they just, hockey misses the boat uh, from a marketing standpoint. They're, they're like always, they seem to be, you know, two steps behind. Yeah. And in this case, being behind, they lost a big opportunity here early on. All right, well, let's keep moving on. It's a slow week collecting. I haven't purchased anything. Kind of, kind of quiet. Um, Halloween is coming up, and, and I don't know about you, but I love Halloween. We live on a dead end street, so we haven't had we haven't had a trick or treater in probably five or six years. They mm-hmm. no one comes down the end of our street. They they're like, I'm not walking down that whole street to get a freaking piece of uh, of uh, uh, you know a bag of seven M Ms. I'm just not doing it. The ki- the kids have boycotted at my house. I don't know why. <laughs> well, look, it gives it gives you the night off. And what I do, I have kids, so we live in a neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, that is very big on Halloween. So I my kids are getting a little older now, so I don't think I'm going to be going out with them. But I like to walk around and see the kids in costume, and also see like what big costumes are out this year. Don't get me wrong. I love to snag some candy. I mean, you know, you got to keep the, I know. I wish I could. That's the one thing I wish I could do. I wish I could trick or treat. (laughs) Yeah. My kids come home with so much candy that I usually set it aside. And I, I usually rate it that night for the stuff they don't like. And I usually, my, my tradition is to watch a, a scary movie that night, for example. Yeah. And then eat, eat some Snickers and Kit Kat and Hershey, whatever they, whatever they have, you know, and, and that's what I do on Halloween night, usually, um, now that I'm older. But um, I grew well, up in New what, what was your, your go-to costume when you were, like, when you were in college and you were still going to parties? What, what was your go-to costume? Uh, it's funny. So it would be like a Dracula costume because it was easy. And um, But growing up, I grew up in the 80s, like, it was like big Star Wars was big, you know. Yeah. I, I grew up, I grew up in the seventies in the early seventies. So you used to get the box, you know, you'd buy the box yes. costume, the plastic the, thing, the plastic yeah. face mask, and the, oh yeah, you know, they're, they're very collectible now. But it's funny because they don't even make those anymore. No. And it's funny because then by the end of the night you would like net. It's collectible because people would they would tear and people. Would oh yeah, tear. they'd rip in a harpy. People would throw the, them out. The and mask, the mask, you put the mask, the mask on would, and the thing would snap. Correct. <laughs> And so you're right. They're collectible because you had to have bought it and taken good care of it or never opened it. And I can't imagine too many people did that because who thought at the time, you know, it's like lunch boxes. Nobody, nobody saved them, but the ones that did are worth some money. Same thing with these costumes. I wore a lot of those as a little kid, a lot of Darth Vader and C3PO. Yeah. And I went to the whole Star Wars galaxy in the eighties. But then as you got older, you were like a pirate or, you know, it's funny because kids don't go as those traditional things anymore like i don't see vampires i don't see you know ghosts like in charlie brown you don't see that anymore you know it's always i can tell what the big thing is because of the costume so my guess this year is that the costume is going to be like barbie because the barbie movie yeah ted lasso it's all you know squid game it's all these tv shows on netflix not become costumes and then and then two years later they're gone forever and then something new pops up, you know. Yeah, you know, my daughter's my daughter's twenty four, so she's she's still in she's a grad student, so they're gonna have a Halloween party, and she's going as spaghetti and meatballs. So that I thought that was kind of creative. I will, I will say that I like the like my daughter last year with a friend went as milk and cookie. I yeah, mean, that's, that's kind of. I mean, I gotta say the costumes are more creative than when we were kids. When we were kids, it was like, what is Woolworth selling? Oh, I know. Did you see the kid on Twitter? He he has a he's going as a baseball card, but it was a St. Louis Cardinal. It was really nice. It was really creative. I've seen some of those in years past on social media where like 
they design it and then the kids faces it. That, that was really cool. I think um, it, but you know, you have to have parents who are really willing to spend the time and energy and creativity on these. Right. You're, not, you're not going out. You're not going to walk around the streets as a baseball card. Cause it's going to, you're going to be, you're not going to be in mint condition after about three seconds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah, I mean, we, I live in a, a, a nice neighborhood as well in terms of people walking around. It was always fun uh, when my kids were little to do trick-or-treating. And it was probably one time I got to see all my neighbors, you know, because we'd all go out and walk with the kids and have a beer and and, and love the kids around. But I do love Halloween, one of my favorite uh, holidays. And um, enjoy yourself, guys. Kids, be safe. And uh, make sure you parents check the candy because the the world we live in today, you just you just never know, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, uh, what do you have for some new articles that you're working on? At the moment, I'm not working on anything new, but I do have the, like you mentioned, the cover story of Sports Collectors Digest, the current issue, which is on. You know, do, I asked, I asked you because I haven't done that. Do you frame your your cover story? I did not, but I don't know. I'm not. Did you do it? I don't. I know. didn't. I I kind of wanted to. I'm not and, that vain. I have. I still have the magazine, but I just haven't done. I don't know. I. No, I'm not. I'm not, maybe I'm not that vain. My first thought was I don't think it's vain. I just think it's really neat. Like how many times do you get a cover story? And it was it was my article was a fun article to write. You know, I did it on the San Diego Chicken. Yours right. was a great article as well. In fact, you'll appreciate this, right? So the magazine came the other day, and Paula's going through it, and she she runs into the my my office, opens it up, write it to your article, and says, "Look at Clemente's in in the magazine. He wrote an article." Your wife is great. Thank you for that. No, it's funny because as writers, we don't know when people, especially print, we don't know when people are reading our stuff. Like, you know, that's why the internet's so know. great because people can email you or that you know how many clicks you're getting. But when it's when it's paper, you know, I need to hear stories like that. It's validating to to see that, you know, people notice your byline or whatever. But no, it was good. I got to interview Connor Bedard and some of his teammates and some collectors, and it's a whole piece about him. What I was thinking of doing was not getting it framed, but getting a, you know, a nice copy of it and then maybe someday getting it signed. Now that could yeah. take a while. And that would be a cool thing to say, look, he signed this cover, but I wrote the story. Just like in your case, you get the chicken to sign you know, the cover. And that would be something that I would maybe hang on to. But in the moment, I haven't thought of it. I've just done a lot of sharing on social media. I've heard a lot of good feedback from people. Um, and look, it's when you, when, as you know, when you write for the magazine, you don't know it's going to be a cover story until they tell you, Hey, this is going to be the cover story. Yep. Now I had a good feeling that it could be because of just because so much air in the room, he's sucking, you know, Connor Bedard is, is the spotlights clearly on him. I thought, well, look, it's not every day we get an interview with him and talk about him, his life growing up, his, uh, his ability, his, his collecting when he was a kid. And then in addition to that, what people in Chicago think of him, the market and the memorabilia, all that stuff. And I talked to people from Upper Deck and everything. So it's a really good article. I recommend, you know, people reading it. it took me a while to put it together. Um, but it's very satisfying when you get that magazine in the mail or you get it in your email and you're like, you see it. Yeah. It's like, hey, that's but, fine. Hey, but, you know, I got a quick, a quick one. Like, you know, we asked people to, you know, we sent out all the posters. I gave out, I don't know, I think 15 posters in total to listeners and one of the people that won was actually a um, guy that has a museum in um, Vancouver, where Connor Bedard is from, and they're going to put the poster in the ma- in the in the uh, museum. That's in in North Vancouver. That's that's pretty yeah. Cool. That's pretty cool because and that tells you like how much of a relic this poster is now. Like you know, 
I can't tell if it is, or you've made it such now. I can't tell, but, <laughs> but it is a big thing. And no, but going back to the cover story, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you're only as good as your last article. And so, you know, I grew up in a, in a newspaper culture and working as a reporter and, you know, you're only as good as your last article, but no one remembers your last piece. Like you asked me, what, what are you working on now? It's always the, no, name. I know it, and it's so funny. Right now, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way, you know, cause I, I, you know, I've been writing since I was in junior high, really. And, yeah. you know, so, you know, once you get, once you get over, okay, I got my first, uh, you know, school newspaper article. Then I got my first one that I was on the front page. And then I got one that was printed in the local newspaper. And right, then, milestones. So, yeah. Right. So you get, you get jaded. Right. But I don't know. It's still, it was kind of, it's kind of neat to have a, a cover story in a magazine, especially one as cool as sports collectors digest, you know? Yeah, no, I'm still, I still get excited. I still get excited about it. And I still get excited for that magazine because unlike Beckett, which has a few articles, but it's all listings that frankly you can get on eBay or a million other places. Yeah. Digest is actually a magazine chock full of articles. It's really well made. And if you don't subscribe to it, please do because it's one of the few things I get paper still, but it, the articles are really amazing. I'm not talking about the ones I'm writing. I've said in general. No, I agree that, um, you know, they just they just have a a great group of guys that are writing, and it's 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 all uh, you know ninety nine percent of the articles we're interested in because we're collectors, right? Yeah, so and, yeah. e even if it's a boxing article about, I read it. Yeah, and, and kudos to Jeff Owens, who's the editor there. He does an amazing job. Right, but how about any uh, card purchases in the past couple of weeks since we last spoke? Did you? I, did, yeah, did I had you to get go series one. I had to go out and get series one up for that. Did yeah, and. You know, it, it's a different configuration, but the cards are nice. The Young Guns cards are nice. Now, the truth is, Series 1, I collect the whole set. I, I build a set. So I get a few boxes usually. I'll probably get a second box at some point just to get the base set. Um, but the big chase, you know, because Upper Deck had to create a chase here, is this Connor Bedard short print Easter egg yeah. card. Did you get one? No, I did not get one. But, oh. you know, it's selling between $500 and $1,000 on eBay. I will say, though... Um, as much as it makes series one more appealing now, because frankly, it wasn't as appealing as it is now. I'm not a big fan of this. People just buying it to rip it. And then I got to tell you, if you go on eBay, this short print card doesn't seem so short printed. There seems to be a lot of them on eBay. Like, I agree. Like dozens and dozens of them, which makes me think that they're not that hard to find. Someone told me it's basically a case hit, which is hard, but not impossible. And with these breakers breaking so many cases, it's not hard for them to put out, you know, three, four of them up, up at a time on eBay. Yep. I noticed the price is cooling now after a week. At, they're about $300, $400. Still a lot of money. Yeah, you know what? When it gets down to 20 bucks, then you have to buy it. <laughs> it. Look, it may never go down 20 bucks, but guaranteed his Young Guns card will be worth a lot more than this card for sure. Because yeah, that's the Bruin, do you like the Bruins rookie, the kid, that kid, the 19-year-old kid that they were uh... – He's got a three or four goals. He looks like he's going to be the, the real deal. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of these younger, because Bedard's taking all the attention, there's a lot of other young guys that are really good. And yeah, you know, what I do is with the Young Guns cards, I put them aside. And then what happens is a year from now or six months from now, people are like chasing this one guy. And I'm like, look, I, I already have it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure I agree. Right. Yeah, I'm sure. That happens card, but I have it because because everyone's chasing that one thing. But my big fear is that like, like at the National, these breakers, they were just breaking and then they were throwing all the base cards in the garbage or they were putting them in on tables. And, you know, I know you, you ended up with a bunch. I but, did. I opened a uh, series two tops. I opened, I got a, I got a, uh, a box of them. Yeah. So I, I'm not a big a fan case of, of them. 
Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of throwing out all that other stuff because they're looking for that one chase. So that bothers me and, and becomes almost like gambling. It becomes almost like a lotto ticket. I'm not a big fan of that because my fear is that if that becomes something that becomes ubiquitous, I'm afraid that authorities might get involved and, and consider this a gambling or, or there might be more oversight in the hobby. And the truth is most people don't collect this way. It's just these people that you see on YouTube and these big breakers that get all the attention and the card companies are catering to them because they buy a lot of product. I get it. Right. But that's, guys, that's... Like us, guys like us, like the other day, in addition to Upper Deck Series 1, I bought a blaster box of Tops baseball update. Right. And I opened oh, it. You? And it was, you know, I, I like update. There's some nice cards in there and, you know, but I, that's all I'll buy. Like, I'm not buying a case of, uh, you know, update right. and breaking it, looking for some special auto. So we collect very differently than I think most do. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, we're in the breaker culture and, and, and breakers have done a lot of good things for the for the hobby. But in this case, I'm, I'm worried that the that upper deck is catering to them with this Bedard card, frankly. And, and we didn't even know it was going to happen. Right. I mean, you, you and I are definitely collect the base of the same way we, I like, I enjoy building sets. I know you like building sets. I've been, I've been building sets since the 1974, you know I mean? I just like buying the, bo the, the boxes and building sets. And that was before all this crazy lottery ticket stuff, but um, it gets, you know, and now get, you get to the point where, you, you know, you need 15 or 20 cards. You just go on eBay and buy the, the cards you need. Right. <laughs> right. You buy, the, you buy the singles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, bye. Well, you know what? Let's get going. We have a, a great show for you guys this week. We have super Red Sox super collector Jeff Bajuda. Jeff Bajukas. Jeff Bajukas. Jeff Bajukas. Jeff Bajukas. He has, listen to this one, Clemente. He has uh, every bat from someone that's played in, in the Boston Red Sox uniform since 1960, except to like three game bats. Of every one of the, like every one of these guys. Plus, he sends out TTMs. He sent he make he has custom cards made, and he sends out TTMs to all these guys. And he's a great DTMer. So we're gonna talk to Jeff about collecting. That's a really fun interview coming up. We also have all our regular segments, right, Clemente? Yeah, we have Baker's Dozen. We have the legendary Les Wolf. We have Collector's Corner with Red Sox Super Collector Jeff Bajukas. We have Making the Grade. Good job, good job, good, 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 good name for that. <laughs> Thank you, Making the Grade. Stand for approval. The Vern Wrap Minute, and then, of course, our TTM returns. All right. And, guys, we'd love to hear from you. Let let us know what you think about Clemente sitting in for Drew. If, you you know, Drew, all of Drew's cousins can send in emails and say, you stink, and we need Drew back. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. This is our the most powerful email address in the hobby. We, you get to uh, register for so all sorts of cool giveaways. You get to contact us and ask questions. You can send in stuff for less wolves or praise. The email address is dtmcast at yahoo.com. Here you go. That's 25 cents in your account. Want to do it again for another quarter? I'll do it. dtmcast at yahoo.com. All right, my friend. I think we wrapped up all our housekeeping. Let's get right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com.
Baker's Dozen is a new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. Just to remind everyone about our promotion with Collects. You want 10 bucks? It's very easy to do. You have to download Collects in either the Google uh, Store, no, Google App Store or Apple. Download Collects. It's free. It's a great app. And once you get your username and your Collects username, send it to us. We will email it to um, Collects and they'll credit your account $10, which you can use to spend in their marketplace on any cards you want. I just bought a 1972 Jim Lombard card to finish up, finishing up the money that I had in my account. So guys, send us your collects name and your uh, email address to ETMcast at yahoo.com. Cha-ching. <laughs> We're at 75 cents. I'll keep a tally. Keep a tally. I'm sure you will. Please do. All right. And then that's the, make sure 10 bucks. Have you tried it? Clemente, are you, are you a collects guy? I have not done collects, but you guys talk about it every week, twice a week, and I feel like I have to get in on this at some point. You should. It's a great app. It's a fun app to use. In fact, when you go to shows, you go to the Toronto show in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You just if there's a card you're looking at, you just scan it in, and they give you the recent the recent sell uh, on eBay, and you can keep track of your uh, your uh, collection. And it's a, it's a really fun free app. Yeah, it seems like it has multifunctionality that, that, for example, ComC or eBay doesn't have. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds Check really it cool. out. All right, guys, we have our raffle. We uh, we had the um, Robert Skeet on last week, and his new book is called The Bat Boy and the Unbreakable Record. It's available on Amazon. You want to get a copy of it? But we're going to give away a signed copy. It's really cool. Uh, Clemente, why don't you do the drum roll and announce the winner? The winner is... Wesley Wilson of Goodyear, Arizona. All right. I know Wesley is a young kid. I think he's 12 or uh, 13. So well, yeah, I love to get young kids involved in reading. I know, I'm sure you, when you were a kid, Clemente, didn't you just read all the time? I did. I read a lot of, you know, it's funny. I was not a good reader as a kid. And then I really got into reading sports books like this and then the sports pages. So it's nice to see that these sports books still being made. I, I did hear your interview with, with Robert and it was, you know, really, really good. And this book sounds interesting even for adults, I got to say, and uh, hopefully Wesley will enjoy the book. And if he's a Diamondbacks fan, it'll be something fun to him to watch the world series and then enjoy the book at the same time. You know, he'll be immersed, immersed in baseball for a few weeks. All right, Wesley, yeah, if you, you or your dad are listening, I'll drop that in the mail to you on Monday. So you should have it by the end of the week. Congratulations. And guys, thanks for entering. All right. We have some new releases this week. We have 2022-23 Panini Flux Basketball. It's five cards, 10 packs uh, in a box. You get one auto. There's 20 inserts. Uh, hobby boxes are going for about $230. That's 2022-23 Panini Flux Basketball. Yeah, then we have 2023 Panini Origins WNBA. That's one pack, 10 cards, two autos, one memorabilia, two inserts. That's $120. It's a pretty good deal. Uh, again, 2023 Panini Origins WNBA. You know what? I, I wonder how many, how much NBA, WNBA stuff, A, they sell, and uh, B, are there a lot of collectors out there? I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really talked to anyone that's a WNBA collector, but I would think these cards would be really good for TTM because these the girls sign. I know the girls sign. The if they're anything like the women's soccer league, NWSL, they're good signers. They sign not only if you, their home address, but if you send to the team, they sign. I, I got to think the WNBA is similar because they're still in that evangelization stage. You're trying to get more fans on board. I remember at the National in Atlantic City, there were some WNBA players there at a booth yeah. signing for free. I didn't see that this year. But no, I, I don't know if they sell well, but 
I think it's great. And it gives people like us more opportunity to uh, to get cards and to get autos. Yeah, I know Drew, Drew jumps on it. He he loves he's he's crazy. He likes all those the fringe sports. All right, we have 2023-24 Panini Prism draft picks college basketball. You get four cards and ten in a pack, ten packs in a box. You get four autos, four inserts, eight parallels. Uh, a hobby box is going for anywhere between 185 and 200 dollars. That's 2023-24 Panini Prism draft picks college basketball. Check that out. And time for the World Series. We have 2023 Tops Tier 1 Baseball. That's two autos, one relic, three cards per box, $250. This is a high-end product. Again, 2023 Tops Tier 1 Baseball. Yep. Uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, these are on a cool cards. It's 2023 Tops Star Wars Chrome Black. You get four cards per box, and one of them is an AN case autograph, which is really neat. I know when we were buying Star Wars cards back in the set late 70s, you didn't even think about getting an autograph. So it's kind of cool. These are going for about a hundred bucks. It's 2023 top Star Wars Chrome Black for about a hundred bucks. Yeah, next up we have 2022-23 Tops Inception Overtime Elite Basketball. That's four autos. Auto relics for cards per box. That's seventy five dollars. Again, twenty twenty two to twenty three tops inception overtime elite basketball. Well, Clemente, there's so many card shows out there, but we want to. I forget to give give some uh, some news, some some publicity to the two shows that you and I are going to. So I'm going to the Shriners Auditorium show here in Wilmington, Massachusetts. It's November third through the fifth. It's the Greater Boston Sports Collectors Club uh, show that they've been doing for over 40 years. A lot of guys signing, including Richard Seymour, Ty Law, Terry Francona, Lee Smith, Lawyer Malloy, Rich Garces, Dale Murphy, and Tiny Archibald, just to name a few. It's a fun show if you're in the uh, Boston area. I will be there on Saturday the 4th. If you can attend, attend the show, make sure you sell, say hello, all right? That's the Shriners show, November 3rd through the 5th. Yeah, and then what I consider the greatest hockey show ever, the Toronto Sport Card Expo, November 9th to 12th. I'll be there. So if you see me there, give me a shout. Um, a lot of great signers. There's over 50 signers, mostly hockey, but highlights include Mike Tyson, Reggie Jackson, Carey Price, Ray Bork, Dennis Savard, Bernie Perrant, Tiger Williams, and many, many more. Um, so if you're going to be in Toronto, November 9th to the 12th is the place to be. Concurrent to that will be the um, NHL um, Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. Oh, nice. So it's going to be packed with Toronto will be hockey. It is hockey city all, all the time, but that week it will be even more. Are you going to go to the uh, induction or no? I will be going to the inductions because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm special assignment for my next story um and two notable people being inducted that are being inducted but also signing at the show are goaltenders mike vernon and tom barrasso so if you're fans of those guys tom barrasso is coming he's coming out of the catacombs right tom, tom barrasso tom, never sees the light of day <laughs> tom barrasso doesn't really sign so i think it's a great opportunity to get him at this show if if you if you're a former penguin like a penguins fan for sure he was on those championship teams and uh you know, and goaltenders don't get the love and the hobby that they should. So give them some hobby love. Are you going to get any autographs at the show? Not the not the Hall of Fame thing, but at the card show. I think so. You know, I'm thinking, you know, either like a Carey Price or a Ray Bork. I don't have those. Um, interesting enough, I got Mike Tyson at Chicago Sports Spectacular a couple of years ago. Mike Tyson yeah. is becoming a big, big signer now at shows. And he is very popular, obviously. We remember him from the '90s being maybe the one of the greatest boxers ever, but he's he's definitely cashing in on 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 his fame now. Um, but yeah, look, the, 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 if you're going to go to Toronto, 
aim for the hockey signers. There's so many. It's unbelievable. I mean, the sam- we gave you a sample here, but there's so many. It's it's kind of crazy, um, including Marcel Dion and a bunch of other legends. Um, it's definitely worth it. Uh, and the great thing about it is you don't have to come to the show prepared because if you're looking to pick up just a card of one of these guys, there's a million hockey cards there. You can just pick up like you know, a carry price card for a quarter and then just get them to sign it, you know? So you don't need to come prepared because there's so much hockey in these quarter boxes that you can just pick one up there at the show. I've done that in the past. I don't go prepared. I just decide who I want and I just pick up cards there and I get them to sign them. Do you know if our pal Sal has a booth? Is Sal going to have a Sal does not have a booth, but Sal will be there and I'm going to meet up with him while we're there. So Sal, Barry from Puck Junk will definitely be there. And uh, we've already talked about meeting up there and, and, and uh, you know, Showing them that even Americans love hockey, and we're gonna you can hit up Tim Hortons while you're there. It's funny, there's a Tim Hortons like two or three blocks from the venue, so I will hit up a Tim Hortons and hopefully get some Tim Hortons cards. So I'm, I'm super. That's why I'm asking. I might, I might have to send you a few, few shekels to pick up some Tim Hortons cards for. Yeah, me. don't worry, I, I've got you on my list. I'll take care of you. Don't worry. All right, but I, I, you know what, I was just talking Mike Tyson. I saw Mike Tyson fight, actually fight a, a championship fight in Atlantic City. He fought against Tyrell Biggs, and he kicked the living S H I T. He kicked his butt from here to next. He kept he kept them going for I think four or five rounds. He just he just said, okay, we'll we'll give it a little fight. And you can see he just got bored. So that's it. I've had enough of this guy. And yeah, we'll give the fans a little give the fans a couple of rounds. They paid for the tickets, you know, and then I'll just take you out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was what what a he was such a great boxer. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, you know, no, the near the end of his career with the biting a uh, Hollyfield's ear off and all that, and he kind of got a little crazy. But I think he's back, right? I think he's, he's like back. He's, he's he's a definitely a cultural icon, I think. And you know, it's funny, sports sports fans are very forgiving. Like the ear thing has become kind of a you know, him and Holyfield made nice on Oprah, and it's all over now. And and now he's just a you know, Mike Tyson has his own business now. He sells uh marijuana online and stores he, he has he actually has small marijuana gummies that are in the shape of ears that, <laughs> that tells you a little bit about where the marketing is nowadays but no he's a cultural icon and he's involved in boxing now yeah. um, and i think he's overcome some of his demons which i'm happy about i think one of the one of the only guys that didn't come back was uh roberto duran with the no moss i think like his fandom just deserted him after that I don't, other than that you basically have to murder somebody to be 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 not be, be not popular with your fans right totally totally but you know the no boss has become a cultural phrase i mean people know what that means i know but poor roberto duran was such a great fighter he was oh, such a great fighter and he just i don't you know i don't know what happened he just had a, a memory uh a blip a, a blip in his career and the people never forgave him his fans did just never forgave him right all right, let's have we got some auction news to report. Uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar's Milwaukee Bucks that's right, Milwaukee Bucks. This is when he was Lou Cinder. He played uh, his road jerseys from 1969, 1970, 1971 seasons is going to be on auction at Heritage Auctions, ha.com. Uh, and it's expected to reach over six hundred thousand dollars. Bidding closes November seventeenth. So if you have an extra, I don't know, six or seven hundred thousand dollars lying around, uh, might might be a nice investment, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, Victor Wembanyama's summer league jersey sold for sixty two thousand and twenty dollars at NBA auctions. That's sixty two thousand twenty dollars. That's a lot of money for a summer league jersey for a guy who's only played what like three games in the NBA so far. Boy, he looks good though. He really does. 
He he looks like he's going to be the real deal. He's a little scrawny, so you you just have to worry about how he's going to do through the whole. Uh, an NBA season's long. Yeah, but, it's yeah, it's it's funny to see Bedard in the NHL and Wembenyama in the NBA to see, see these two young players um in both leagues. Now now clearly the NBA doesn't need the the, the star power that the NHL needs, but I'm curious to see what he does. I think he's already becoming a hobby darling, and I think his value will just go up. If his summer league jersey is selling for that much money when it's not even a real game. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, and, and and I see the NBA is is you know, the NBA is a global league now. And so clearly these foreign stars are gonna become a big deal. And and you know, he's gonna have Victor could end up becoming an international star. And so the NBA will only benefit from that. Yeah, I agree. And he's supposed to be a great kid, so we'll we'll see. All right, uh, that drew our all right, Clemente. See, I got drawn on the brain. All right, Clemente, that, that wraps up um, Baker's Dozen. Next up, we're going to go right into Collector's Corner. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning, pricing, tracking, and cataloging your cards. Upgrade to Collects Pro to access exclusive features like exporting collections to spreadsheet printing checklist and collects ai so clemente as i said at the onset of the show uh i had an interview uh with jeff bajukas he is a red sox super collector he actually reached out to me a couple weeks ago and said hey i love your show and this is what i, I you know i'm collecting and i didn't really know much about him and i i, I learned a lot more about him what a, what a great he's one of those um guys that just he does what he does and he does it well if you know what i mean he does really well he collects what he collects and that's it he he, he stays within his, his lane and uh it was i had a really fun interview with him so please enjoy my talk with uh red sox super collector jeff pajukas all right guys it's time for collector's corner we have a very special collector this guy is um what i want to be <laughs> he is what I want to be. His name is Jeff Badukas. He uh, collects game-used bats from uh, just about every Red Sox player that's played from 1960 moving forward. He is a TTMer. He collect. He has uh, custom cards that he he sends out to these guys, and uh, he's very focused at what he does. But he does it very well. Welcome, Jeff. Hey, thanks so much, Jeff. Nice to be with you. I, you know what? When I first learned about you, I was like, I have to talk to Jeff. I've been I've been so excited all week that we're we're scheduling this interview. It's like, all right, I get to talk to somebody who who speaks my language. Well, I I really enjoy the podcast and and all the different uh, all the different guests you have. It's a great variety. It's been it's been incredibly fun to listen to. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Thank you. We have so much fun. But Jeff, I really want to talk about bats because that's something out of all the stuff I collect. I think I have like maybe two or three bats and i should pull out the bat the one bat i can show you i have a bat from jeff baker oh nice played for the cubs and the marlins <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the i have why well, i have a mookie i have a mookie bet sign bat i have that bat and i have one other bet that's the only bats i have in my collection <laughs> and you, oh, they, you they take up a lot of room so. <laughs> how did you get involved how did you say okay i'm going to start doing bats that's that 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 intrigues me so it, it's uh, it's actually a pretty yeah I think it's a pretty cool story. Um, so I used to go down to Winter Haven spring training. Um, I don't know if you ever if you ever got down there for spring training, but it was a yep. great. I, I go to uh, Fort Myers uh, every year for the last three or four years, so I really enjoy so, it. Yeah, so at Winter Haven, you could w literally walk onto the field before the games and watch the guys warm up, and 
and sit there. They they had the Globe at a at the local Holiday Inn in the uh, newspaper, the old newspaper machine. And so I would I would do that. I would walk over and and at Winter Haven there were a bunch of minor league fields behind the major league field. Yep. And so I was I was patrolling out there, doing some autographing, but just kind of trying to. I you know played baseball and and really enjoy watching baseball. Now, coaching. how old are you? You you were you were a teenager at this point. So I was um I was in uh, graduate school, so okay. it would have been so you know just still still young, not as old as I am now. That was a while ago, and so I'm on the back. I'm I'm at the backfield, and it's you know the the fence is three and a half foot high. It's like a high school baseball fence, and Rice and Yastrzemski are talking with Mike Brumley, who's a journeyman third baseman for the Red Sox in yep. 92 and Brumley's hitting and he's, and he cracks his bat and he kind of tosses it off the side. And it was wrapped in tape because as I learned later, the, um, the, the, the guys who are, who are not the big names don't get a lot of custom bats. You know, they have to, now it's different because there's a lot of um, micro bat companies that throw bats at players all the time, just trying to get them on TV. But back then, you know, a, a, a journeyman guy like Brumley might get, you know, 12 bats for spring training. So he's got it wrapped up in tape so it doesn't chip or, or crack, but he cracked it anyways. And so I, I said, Hey, can I, can I have that? And he said, sure. And he said something like, yeah, they got it wrong anyways. Take it. So I took it. Um, Did they spell his name wrong? What was the, no, that's, that's the, you know, you're getting me now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell a tale and you're, uh, <laughs> and you're cutting to the end. So I get back to Philadelphia. I have this, my, I have this bat and don't know anything about collecting bats. I get Sports Illustrated and Gammon's rights. Things were so tough in the Red Sox uh, spring training camp that Mike Brumley's bats came in. Mike Bumley. <laughs> uh, I peel off the tape and it's a Mike Bumley bat. Nice. And an error bat. You got an error bat. Yeah. So the, that was the first one I got. And this is 92. So, you know, I, I happen to know a guy who owned a sports bar who collected a lot of stuff. And I told him about the bat. And he said, well, you know, this is, there's this magazine called Sports Collectors Digest. And if you want to collect these things, you uh, you should look at that magazine. And so got a got a subscription and every two weeks it came in the mail. And back then it was, you know, it was thick. It was just filled. The Bible, right? It was the Bible for us. No idea. I mean, I collected, you know, cards when I was a kid and some autographs and sent away some Sports Illustrated Boston covers for autographing. And so I, I, I was lucky enough to hook up with a guy who had a contact at the Red Sox and I knocked off about 20 or 30 guys that I really knew from my childhood, you know, got the Lins, the Rices, the Yastrzemskis. And then when I was done with that, I just said, well, what I think what I'm going to do is try to create, try to try to make a list of every non-pitcher because pitchers bats are tough to find Yep. for the Red Sox from 1960, which is kind of end of Williams beginning of Yaz and Yaz was my favorite player and um, to the present. So so at the time, it was probably about 250, 300 guys. Um, and I just started poking away at it, you know, looking around, putting ads in Sports Collectors Digest, connecting with collectors. And at that time, there was no internet. You know, there was, it was all word of mouth. It was all Sports Collectors Digest. Yep. How much, how much do you think you've invested in uh, just the bats, just on, just on the bad end of it? I don't know if I can put that on the record. I mean, that, that. <laughs> Are we talking, uh, it's six Four figures. figures, five figures, six figures. Yeah, it's six figures, definitely. Six figures, sure. Um, and what's the most expensive bat that you purchased? And I'm not a I'm not a money guy, so this is not gonna be a money interview, but yeah. I think people care. 
I mean, I, you know, for me, I focus much more on the no-name guys, which are much harder to find. Mm-hmm. Once I knock a guy off like a Yaz, I usually I'm not going back for another one. And I got a lot of those early on in my collection. Um, you know, I bought um Johnny Gomes did a um did a did a bat right after the Boston Marathon bombing. He had a bat company make up a bat with the names of the four, the four individuals who lost their lives in connection with that. And um, I I do a lot of buying and a lot of interacting with Red Sox, the Red Sox Foundation. They do a lot of auctioning. Yep. It was probably, you know, north of $4,000. That was a pretty expensive one. Um, you know, there are guys out there that, you know, buy mantle bats for 50 grand, you know, Williams sure. for a hundred grand. Um, that's not my collection. My collection is kind of more width and breadth. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, there are a couple of bats in there that'll be worth north of that, but, but that's pretty much the range for individual bats. So the number I saw, you have 757 bats. Is that number still? Yeah, no, that's 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 low. So okay. I, I over a thousand now. Over a thousand. And over from five hundred over five hundred and fifty different Red Sox position players. Is that number still good? Oh, it's it's up to five seventy-one now. Okay, five seventy-one. See? Now what percentage of the the thousand bats is autographed? Or that doesn't really really you don't really care about that. I don't really chase autographs. I, I I might, you know, there were times, there was a time where they had a 67 reunion show. And I don't know where it was up in Massachusetts. It was a number of years ago. And Probably I had at the cl- Shriners, right? Probably at the Shriners. It might've been. I just, I really don't remember where it was. I'd have to go back and look and kind of like the autograph. I kind of keep the autograph tickets together and try, try to keep a some semblance of a record. So I know what I have. And, and, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I went there and I had a, I had a duffel bag full of game use baseball bats and, and all the really obscure guys, um, you know, like a Jerry Moses. I mean, like guys that were just Tartable was there. George Scott was there, Petroselli. And and so I'm going down the line and each guy I'm pulling out another baseball bat photograph. <laughs> and they're like, what's in there? All of a sudden they're all stopping. And this was when they did, they did it in like one long line. So it was, it was a Dick Gordon show. So he had, he had set up and, and uh, they were all looking down. Well, do you have a bat of mine? I, just, I I had one for every guy there, every, every non-pitcher. So, but but other than that, you know, so many of the guys are deceased, and also it's not the kind of thing you can put in the mail. And no, I know. Yeah, and then you know the 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 advent of these private signings. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't followed it closely, but I feel like it was really a for for the obscure guys. It was a COVID thing, right? I mean, the stars were always autographing, but now you have this whole industry of of really difficult guys to find um, through the mail. And I could start sending the bats around, but it's such a headache. So, and, and I'm more of a completist. So I, yes, I can tell. <laughs> goal, I try to set a goal. So I'm not just, I'm not totally disorganized with it. So anyway. All right. So, so to complete your collection, you, you have um, what eight or nine guys from this year that you need to add. And then uh, that- Ken Paulson. I, I don't think I've seen Ken Paulson's name in print for 50 years <laughs> that's it, it, that's another funny that's another funny story so um i'm not a big walk up on players guy you know i'm not a big like go go up to them and ask i mean i'll ask them for an autograph or i did i did when you could really do that it's really tough mm-hmm. to get them now but but in the in the day you know i might bring a card or a magazine or uh, one time i went to a hotel but that that was just a little too i don't know i don't want to say creepy it was just a little too intrusive it's intrusive yeah. And so I did that once with it, with a guy who was, who was an autograph hound, but I just, I never did that again. 
So, you know, so I, I, uh, but I got down to, um, in 2018, I got down to two guys, Ken Polson and Carmen Fanzone for the entire run. Wow. And, um, wait, wait, do you have a Williams? Do you have a Ted Williams bat? I do have a Williams. Yeah. Okay. So I, it's a team autographed. Um, the barrel was sanded, so it's not a $50,000 Williams bat, but it's great for my collection because it's autographed by the 1957 team. So it's, wow. so it's, it's neat. And, and that I kind of look for that in my collection. I mean, I, I love, like, I have some really great bats, um, but I also like the, the, the obscure, the, 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 you know, like I have a Scott Cooper, um, 1993 all-star game bat who wants a Scott Cooper. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Scott Cooper know he was in the, at the, in the all-star game. His mother yeah. didn't, I'm sure of that. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I, um, I had the opportunity, um, to go out to LA with, um, Gordon Eads, who was the former historian for the Red Sox, who I kind of gotten to know through my, through kind of lending my collection of the Red Sox. And, and I said, well, if we go out, you got to help me we got to, we got to talk with Carmen Fanzone and we got to talk with Ken Polson because they're both in the LA area and, um, and help me like finish this. And he said, I'll do you one better. He picked up the phone and he called Carmen Fanzone and he got him on the phone and, and he, and he scheduled a brunch and I met him. Fantastic guy. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And a week later in the mail arrives a Carmen Fanzone baseball. Bat. Awesome. So, Really, and, and you know, and it, I mean, it's the kind of thing where if you've kept it for that long, like if you don't want to, like he kept it for 50 years, maybe longer. And so I, I feel awkward saying, well, now would you give that to me? Like to give that to my, you've kept this for all this right. time. Who, who am I? I'm not one of your kids. I'm not a grandkid. Oh, and I'm so just, that, I'm just, that's some schmo from Philadelphia that likes bats. <laughs> so, so, uh, the, the, but unfortunately, Ken Polson had passed away and, he was, if you know about him, you know that he was on the 67 Impossible Dream Team. He came up for two weeks. And um, what I didn't realize until I started digging in on the research, because I was thinking, well, if I'm going to meet him, like I want to know everything about him. Sure. Didn't, didn't get an American League championship ring. Did not get a did not get a World Series share, even though he was on the team, just neglected. And he had kind of, it, it seemed like, even though he's very gracious when he was interviewed, the few times he'd been interviewed after that, it seemed like he'd kind of carried that with him. Yeah. And now it passed, passed away a year before. Um, and I'd always thought about, you know, maybe if I'm out in California, maybe I'll try to look him up. Maybe I'll, because this is going to be a tough one. I'm, I'm going to really have a tough time finding this. And so I said to Gordon, um, you know, you got the Red Sox should make this right. And they did. So if you go to the Boston Globe, um, they flew Polson's family out to Fenway Park. Um, three days after the the uh, anniversary of his first and I think only major league hit, they brought uh, his son out to the mound and Jim Lomborg gave him a, a real um, 1967 championship ring. Wow, um, that's awesome. For mold. Yeah, the Red Sox really stepped up. So and it was fun to be kind of a part of that. And so what I I, I always think about this and I say, if that's the only bat that I'm not going to get in my collection, well, maybe that's in some way the reason why I started the, the the cosmic reason why I started collecting in the first place to kind of find the one person in the one team that was unforgettable that was forgotten and make them not forgotten. And kind so of field is field the dream mask, right? Exactly. Did uh you there can't be many Ken Paulson bats around, right? Did he because he only was up for a couple of weeks, did he have a custom bat that, that you know of? 
So, um, yeah, now you're now you're really going to I'm going to sound like a, a lunatic, right? This is where we start getting into the details. Um, so I've talked with Louisville Slugger. They made him 50 bats. He was not a signature player, so they would have been block letter bats. So instead of having his, his signature on the barrel, it will be block letter. But even the minor league guys had names on their bats. So it wasn't a major league thing. It okay. was either, either you were a Louisville Slugger contract guy or you weren't. But if you weren't, typically you'd get block letter, um, you know, Polson and caps on the on the bat and so um his his son was nice enough to uh not give me one of the bats he has from his father uh but but um he's, i say that a little bit cheapishly <laughs> but he did um i did tell him that he could order um exact replicas from louisville slugger and he did give me an exact replica and i asked his family to sign it so it was so that's my that's my holding piece in in my collection but okay does but, do you do you think it's it's sitting in someone's basement someplace or do you think it's sitting in a you know do you do you think there's any still still around i guess i'm asking you know it's you know they, um, they, they, they these things pop up every now and then right so you know, is it is, is sitting in, in some, you know, some kid's California uh, bedroom that his grandfather gave him, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's probably more likely that it's in some pile of bats in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, in the basement of a semi-abandoned house. I mean, that's that's probably it. I mean, I it very well may be out there. I mean, the problem was in the minor leagues, he switched to being a pitcher. No, top- at the end of his career, he was he, he was he actually did pretty well as a pitcher. Did. He did. And he got cut. I think the he was in the Yankee system and um, yeah, I think he just ended up getting injured and never really made it back. But so I it's short answer to your question is, um, yeah, I'm sure there's one out there. I'm sure they're not all gone. Um, and, you know, there have been bats that I never thought I would I would ever be able to find when I started the list. You know, I just made this list. And remember, this is before eBay. So the only way I'm getting these bats is through auction houses or ads on SCD or word of mouth. Or, you know, I would place advertisements in, you know, in like I did used to do it in Winter Haven. I used to do it in the Globe. Um, but that's kind of people just don't look at papers anymore the same way they did. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think someday one's going to pop up and hopefully it'll land in my lap. You know, I, I, uh, I look for it. Um, but that's that's really that that's if there's a grail like what you know what they say like a white whale or a grail item that would be it we um, went we went my wife and i we were in the uh the uh royal rooster royal rooters club this year at fenway i'm sure you've been up there are your bat are those your bats that are all on the wall yeah yeah those and then um i mean they've been the red Sox have been super they're just absolutely super and so um so i starting in in 2012 with the 100th anniversary they actually created those cases there's six cases that hold six bats they created those cases with my collection in mind and uh and so what i do is um i work with sarah coffin who's the curator um of the red Sox, and also um i don't know what her official title is with but she does a lot of alumni interaction also with she's fantastic and um and so we go over a list and we th- pick out a theme of 36 bats every year. So it'll be a World Series team. We've done all-star teams. We've done Red Sox Hall of Fame. We've, and and um, I think right now we're doing 2013 and 2004. So it'll carry over from this year to next year. Yeah, so those are, those are mine. And then, um, you know, I've, I, like, I've collected some catcher's equipment. As a catcher, my, my, all my kids were catchers. And so 
big Veritech and Gedman fans and and Bob Montgomery, you know, kind of the no name. Some some I mean, Veritech's obviously not a no name, but like the John Marzano's of the world. And yeah, I have a like I, I like the, because that kind of stuff is a little more accessible. I mean, I love Carlton Fisk, but you know, Carlton Fisk bat or equipment is just really, especially with Tony Swan out there, it's impossible to find. So oh, we've uh, had Tony on the show. I know. <laughs> Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so, so that stuff is, I have a lot of stuff on loan up there. Great Mookie bets, bad, um, Veritech catcher's mask from the 2004 world series, stuff like that. So, and how are you going to, are you going to put a mental stop on it that, uh, okay, 2023 is my last year, 2025 is my last year because it's ongoing and they just have so many new players each year. Uh, are they helping you out by, by, okay, now, now, you know, I get, uh, they get me a Turner bat, they get me a, a Verdugo bat, some of these new guys that, that come into play or, you know, um, I, what's your I, thoughts I, on that? Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to donate to the foundation and do that, but I think that the reality is the players have gotten a lot more focused on keeping that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Red Sox have an arrangement with the, with the, uh, the team shop. And, um, you know, there's a great guy in there that, that, that is super helpful for me. And, and so, you know, that's made it a little bit easier to, to knock out a lot of the guys. It's, it's not perfect, but, um, but, you know, the stuff that's the stuff that's accessible and, and also, you know, they, they put a fair amount of it up on the auction site, MLB auctions. So you'll see a lot of bats there. Um, so it's actually not as hard as it, as it was, um, which kind of, which kind of makes the collecting not as fun for me in a way, okay. but that I don't have the time to do it. And, but the flip side of it is that, as you know, no one throws out anything anymore. Nothing. Can, and so, so in the past, you know, Ken Polson's 50 bats might've been used as firewood. Now you have, I mean, you have people, you know, who will have piles of minor league used baseball bats. And so, what I, what I try to do is find an example and then upgrade when I can find one that's a Red Sox sure. bat. And sure. so that way I don't, because some of these guys, it might be the only bat that ever comes to market um, just because it's so, it's so, I mean, there's so many players to your point. There's just a lot more players coming up and down than there were in the sixties. Who, who are some of your favorite players uh, growing up? Who, who were guys that, that you have soft spots for? I mean, I was a Yaz, Evans, yep. L- rice you know i was born out of the 70s and 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 uh and in the early 80s and and um and then you know i i mean i've i have a lot of affection for like veritech and ortiz and and um and pedroia i mean they just had so many great players and characters and um and so it's 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 really fun to collect them because it's a great mix of of real superstars um but also a lot of journeymen that are really fun you know the the Dillards, the Reed Nichols, the Mark Sullivan's, you know, all these people that I remember that I, I know remember. all those guys. <laughs> so it's, it was, it was fun to go to the 2012 hundredth um, anniversary game. We, I had tickets with my family and just to see all those guys walk out and, and because of the back collecting, I'm like, I know him, I know him, I know him. So yeah. it's been great. I mean, I love the history, the, the history part of it has been really fun too. I got. I have a fun uh, Bob Montgomery story for you. You know they have the autograph alley at, in the team store before the games, and they're they're out in there signing. So I have season tickets. I'm I'm actually in the first row, right behind the tarp, 
right? You know where the um, uh, Canvas Alley is. We have we have those seats. So uh, we go. I go to um, I go to get uh, Montgomery's autograph, and I'm talking to him. And I go, yeah, I host a podcast on autograph collecting, and you know, I want to thank you for signing my cards through the mail. He goes, how the hell do people find my odd address? I have no idea how they get my address. I, you know, he's just like a crotchety old man, you know. And and I'll go with this. He's like, you're the one. And he goes, he goes to like strangle me. <laughs> <laughs> he's always jo- jokingly, but it was just funny because you know, you f- like you forget that these guys. They're in, a, they're in their own world and doing their own thing. And you're intruding on them when sometimes when you ask for an autograph, but, but the guys, the guys are great. Uh, let's get, let's talk a little TTM. And cause you, you know, you, you said you're in, you do TTMing and one of the posts that I love about you uh, that you do all that you've been doing is posting uh, custom cards. So guys that don't have a card or uh, played in a year that they didn't have a card. And there's, there's uh you can get really creative with that. And I know that you, um, how did that come about? And, and how um, have you gotten great reaction from the players when you send out these cards? Like, hey, I haven't seen that. I can, I want to keep that. Oh, so, um, yeah. So TTMing, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, when I was, when I was just out of school, um, you know, and, and single and watching football every Sunday, um, I, I had, when I was a kid, I had sent a couple of cards to the Red Sox, Boggs and Evans and Rice and, and they came back, but I couldn't afford stamps. So I really couldn't do TTM, (laughs) but, uh, but I think it might've been seeing something in sports collectors digest or, and I just said, well, you know, here's this address book, the Smalling's address book, the guys really sign through the mail. Like, is that really something that, that actually happens? And so, um, so, you know, I pirated, I had, you know, a bunch of baseball cards at home and I pirated out all the Red Sox and I started to send them out. And, you know, you, you start, I mean, there wasn't, again, there wasn't like SCN or anything that really tracked it. So I would just track it myself. So I had a list of guys who I sent to, a list of guys who responded, how long it took. And, um, and I took all my cards and I sent them out, um, you know, in the early nineties, all the cards that I had collected, all the Red Sox ones and, and got a lot of them back. Now I didn't send to, you know, Clemens, I didn't send to, I didn't send to the guys like Yastrzemski who I knew signed, signed right. an autograph. I, I went for, again, the obscure guys and, and, uh, and back then, um, I can't believe I'm saying back then I feel so old, but back then they were, they, they were super responsive. And then the, the, the guys from the sixties, you know, had not passed and they were not, I mean, they've gotten so much older now that so many of the great signers um, for the Red Sox at least have, have passed away, unfortunately. But back then, I mean, it was, you could get almost everybody. And so yeah. um, I don't know if there was a dealer, um, Bill Henderson um, used to set up at shows and he had these bins of common cards from the fifties, sixties and seventies. And so he would come to a show outside Philadelphia and they were like, you know, 25 cents a card, 50 cents a card and a dollar a card. I'm thinking a dollar a card. I'm going to send it in the mail. What am I kidding myself? But I would go and I would just pull all the red saw. I'd take my list of guys who signed through the mail that I had confirmed and I would get all those cards together. So that even if they were beaten up, you know, they were low grade. Yeah, I'd get all care. the 50 cents, 25 cents. And so, um, and so over like three or four years, I sent, you know, I probably sent 3000 cards out wow. um, and started to, you know, put together the top sets. And again, being a somewhat of a completist, like trying, you know, and I, and again, you know, 
I had to use, I don't know if you ever saw the blue book with the tops cards in it, like every year of the tops cards for the Red Sox, like yep. team oriented. I used to use that as a checklist and say who the guys who had to, who the guys who had to pay money for. If I if I bought it, like Spence used to set up, there was a guy Bill Cochran. There were all these guys who were doing this through the mail autographing, and so the, the guys I couldn't players I couldn't find, I would get through them, and then I put it down. Like I got to the end, and I and there was just no way there were guys that were just never going to sign, or I didn't have the I didn't I couldn't afford to buy like really high number expensive cards from the early fifties sure. and put put them in an envelope and hope they come back. I mean, if I were a player, I'd be like, thank you very much. You just gave me $20. And so, so COVID hit, I'm getting to the, I'm getting the, to, to the, to the, uh, to the question you asked, but I'm, I'll give okay. you I know bit. where you're going. <laughs> so, and I'm like, I'm sitting there. We can't go outside. We can't go anywhere. And, and, and I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll pull out this TTM project that I had from a couple of decades ago and see how far I got. And see what's what's left. Because I might have read that a lot of people were TTMing, and and I had found um, SCN, and so really got to see like there were guys that weren't signing when I was looking in the early '90s that were definitely signing, or they were doing you know they were doing private signings for ten bucks a card or something, you know, and and really tough guys to find, and and um, and so I I and then there's eBay, you know, so I can buy all these cards that I need. I don't have to go to a show anymore. I can find them in decent grade and they all arrive on my doorstep and then I just put them in an envelope. So it's all kind of self-contained. And so over about a year, I knocked off the vast majority. Like I paid for the Yaz, I paid for the Clemens, you know, and 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 bit the bullet on that um, and knocked out almost everybody. And so then I'm, then I'm done. So what do I do next? And so I stumbled across this, this on Facebook, this, um, custom card, um, this custom card page with all these, these guys and gals that are incredible at recreating these cards. I know they're so I, good, aren't they? I didn't even realize like finding the right hats and uniforms for the year of the card, finding never before used pictures, like all of this, the intricacies of this, I had no idea about. And I was just really lucky. I'm not going to say his name because I don't think he'd want me to publicize it, but you can figure out if you go on, if you go on one of these pages, you can figure it out because he's got a lot of Red Sox cards. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, you know, so I went back and, scanned yearbooks for all these obscure pictures because we couldn't find pictures of some of the guys and and scoured you know all the different sites for possible you know pictures and headshots and we just what i did is i made a list of guys i knew would sign or i could pay to sign um you know we're still living and we went year by year and figured out did the person have a debut did the person play one more year but not get a card because they moved teams, so have like an end of the year card, or did they just not have a card at all? Like Chico Walker, for example. Yeah, I played, saw him. At, I saw him at in uh, Autograph Alley. <laughs> yeah, and he played for the Red Sox for several years. Didn't have a card. Yeah, for any of those, didn't even have a major league card. So, I mean, I sent six custom cards to him to fill in the entire, you know, his entire career with the Red Sox. Now, somebody um, like Chico Walker, does he want to keep those cards? Do you send extras for him to keep or it's so, so he was a public sign. So he was a he was a private signing because he just doesn't sign through the mail. He's a he's a non-TTM. Yeah, I got him at the in Autograph Alley this year. So so for guys that I send money to, um, or I I'm not so for guys that I 
pay for it through a private signing. I don't sign extra cards because it just gets too confusing. And I get like messages back saying, you have not paid me enough money. You sent me eight cards. And I'm like, well, four of those was for the guy. Well, I'm not going to give him that. Like I got to mail these. And so it just gets too, it gets too messy. But whenever I send a custom card to a player through the mail, I always include an extra one. And I always put a post-it on it that says, please keep. Um, and they always keep them. They always keep them. They never, they never send them back. And sometimes they'll like, like um, a couple of guys have said, can you get me more of these? And I'll like make up a, you know, make up a box of like 50 of them and yeah. put them in a box and that to him. And then other guys at private signings, like lot, like Steve Lyons um, send something back through the, the promoter that, that I was working with, you know, these are really cool. Um, I do some, we do, I, I, I can't say I do them. Um, I, I have a lot of father and son cards because I always think those are cool. You get two autographs on them. Yeah. The players invariably keep them. I, I have to end up, I finally have to end up sending a letter like, listen, I know you want to keep this. I'll send you as many as you want, but could you just sign this one? Just sign and one not keep me. Sign one and send it back. I mean, I'm still like Jose Cruz Jr. I, I mean, I've probably sent him 10 cards. He just keeps them. He just, <laughs> and he's on her through the mail, but he just, he just likes them. So I, I, I think I have to ch have to choose an alternative method with him or something. Who but, has been surprisingly difficult um, to, to get an autograph from? Somebody that, that, uh, you wouldn't think it's been difficult, but but has been kind of a a, a, a a thorn in your side. Well, I I don't I never feel like it's a thorn in my side because if I was getting inundated with things through the mail and I had a lot of other stuff going on in my life, I, I you know I mean I might be like, hey, come on, and and especially with people reselling it. So maybe I'll just say like the tough guys um, that I'd love to be able to figure out. Um, Mike Brown, so kind of a a pitcher for the Red Sox yep. for several years and a couple of their major league teams just does not sign through the mail. Um, I, I thought I had tracked him down. Um, he sent back, I sent him, I sent him a $20 bill, the cards, extra copies of the cards that these are all, these are all um, custom cards. And he just sent it back. He sent back the money, kept everything else, um, which is fine. I mean, I, I figure, you know, I've been so lucky. We're all so lucky that these, that these guys are so generous with their time and their, and their willingness to send this stuff back um, and to have like Sharpies. I mean, think about it, you know, so, so they're signing it. All, most of the guys know to sign it with a Sharpie, yep. you know, there. And so, so if, if some guys say no, you know, I, I, that's, that's a totally understandable. And hopefully someday, you know, a promoter will get to him and, and get him to sign. And like Bobby Darwin just signed in a signing and he never signed cards in the past. And I know. So, I was so jealous when I saw that you, I love that 78 card that you have that you made of his. It was like, that's a great, great uh, custom card. So, so yeah. So, so those guys, I mean, but there's so many, so many players that are willing to do it. It just blew, it just blows me away that they're still, but I stop in 94. So I, I don't like 94 was kind of when I stopped back when I was doing it in the nineties. Cause you know, I mean, you've talked about this, the cards get a lot slicker, the autographs get messed yeah. up. They're just not, the, the cards are not, are not made to be, a lot of these cards are not made to be autographed and you have to do so much prep on them and then they still get messed up. And there's nothing worse than like taking all that time, doing all that prep and having the card come back messed up. And, and, and then there's so many guys now that some of these autographs are so expensive. So I know it's really crazy that, you know, when you see somebody, um, that was, wasn't a star and they want $50 for their autograph. I know Bruce, Bruce Hurst is one of them. He, he's very expensive for, for his status of player. He sure was, he was he a good player. Yeah. 
but he was he's not a fifty dollar or seventy dollar five dollar autograph. You know, I I think with Bruce Hurst, um, so he used to be great. Like he was a TTMer. He was he, he I got a lot of stuff in the early nineties from him, no pay at all. And then what happened was he didn't want to sign at all. Like he was done signing. No, I know anymore. And I think someone said, well, you know, what would it take to get you to sign? And so, I mean, I think he was just, because he's been on so many cards, he was just getting inundated. And then, you know, there's these guys who send eight cards, they, they, and then they, and then you look on eBay and you see, you know, 500 Bruce Hurst autographed cards. And, and, and it's not a, I think a lot of the players legitimately think it's not a hobby anymore for a lot of people. That's why the custom cards are so great because, no one thinks you're turning around and flipping a custom card on eBay. You know, right. they know there's a little bit of passion there and there's, and there's a care, you care about the history. And so I think that makes them more willing to sign. Yeah. I mean, as a hobby, we're our own worst enemy, right? Uh, I, I see it, you know, if it, it, cause I wrote an article uh, weekly in sports coat this daily and I put, you know, I post all my successes, but I'm just doing it. So, uh, people know who's signing and I like sharing information with the hobby, but every once in a while I'll put something out like Danny Ainge signed for me. And, and he's like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to put Danny, Danny Ainge out and then you're going to kill the Danny Ainge market. Right. It's so it's, we are, we are our own worst enemy as a hobby. Sometimes. You can see that with, with SCN, like there'll be guys who will not sign for years and then they'll pop up and immediately there'll be 15 or 20 requests to them and they got to be thinking, wait a second, you know, I, I do this one thing where I send this one card back and what are they all talking with each other? And all of a sudden they all start arriving or, or someone, you know, I've, I mean, I've tried to use the internet to find addresses when you just, just to make sure that we're not talking about, we, we don't have people who've moved, you know, so, so that yeah. I can, and I've been able to track down a couple of guys and I write a nice letter and I always give them extra cards and, and I usually throw some money in too, just so they don't think that I'm trying to profit off them because you don't, you never know what, what someone's reaction is going to be getting this in the mail, especially if it's for the first time in a while, because they've moved their addresses. And so um, I've, I've had, I've had, you know, like John Curtis was wonderful. He's now, I mean, he's now out on, on SCM, but I kind of, I tracked him down and I had several custom cards for him and I sent him a, a, a pen to autograph them in the middle because there were so many I put them in like a, a larger envelope and he wrote a very nice note back thanked me so they were super creative signed them great it was really it was really nice of him to do so yeah I mean I think the guys if, if they don't see that you're flipping it and taking advantage of them because that's that's what they're worried about right There's, a lot of these guys you're talking that played in the 50s and 60s and even the 70s they didn't make any money they 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 they, you know, they had to go get a regular job. And a lot of these guys, even John Curtis, who played, he played what well, he played 10, 10 or 12 years. I'm sure he didn't, he didn't make, he didn't, he's not living on John Curtis baseball money anymore. Right. That that's, that's exactly right. And that's why, you know, I, before in the, in the, when I first started collecting, I was like, yeah, I'm never going to pay for an autograph. That's just ridiculous. Why should I pay for an autograph? But now you see these older guys who, who, you know, probably need the money. And so if me, you know, send in, you know, 15 bucks to or 30 bucks to Bobby Darwin to get his autograph on a couple of cards is going to make it, you know, easier for him. I mean, the hobby's given a lot to me for free. I mean, for the price of a stand. Oh, sure. So I, I feel like it's a little bit of, of giving back to the hobby, too. So I, the guys who want five hundred dollars, you know, a thousand dollars. I mean, that's 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 more challenging um, for me. So that's I mean. But 
I think that's more a promoter thing than it is the individual, the individual guys. Who who is your 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 fun get the guy that you, you know not and not and I'm not talking you know Kyle Stramski or anything like that to, you know the 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 guy that Bobby Sprawl or somebody somebody like that 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 you know you you only you and I are gonna remember and when you mention the name that everyone's gonna go look up this guy like oh, what did he do <laughs> do you have a fun get you're gonna ask me that and I'm not I don't have my I don't have my stuff in front of me I mean there's been so many like a like a Keith McWhorter, you know, all these, just the obscure guys are the best. It's, it's impossible to find their, it's, first of all, it's impossible to find their, their like picture, like John LaRose yep. is an example of, I think it's John LaRose. Um, last name is, I, I can only find, like we had to do the same picture on two cards because I could only find one picture of him anywhere in a, in a Red Sox, you know, in a Red Sox hat. Um, I like the catchers. Like I'm still trying to get Mike O'Berry. Um, yeah, I need him to finish complete a rookie card. <laughs> uh, um, I just got back Dave Schmidt. Um, yeah. I think people have been sending to the wrong address in Florida for years, and and it was coming back. And I think the guy in Florida finally said, "I'm so tired of this. I'm just going to start signing them." Signing them, yeah. Maybe <laughs> yeah. And that was a. I, I sent him. I had a I had a um a custom card um a card that never was that had his facsimile signature on it to mimic the 82 year I think it is and he, I think he, he didn't sign it because his signature was already on it and I'm like oh come on <laughs> so hard to find you and you sent back one that you autographed and you didn't want he autographed the back of the other one which is really nice but I'm like no I want you to know one in the front I know it's funny if these guys it's, it's very fun guys was speaking with Jeff Bajukas, Jeff Bajukas. See, I got it right. Oh, that's your, your spot. <laughs> he is, uh, you can find him, follow his webpage. It's bostongamemuse.com. Go check it out. It all has all sorts of, all his bats and catcher's gear that he's been collecting. Has um, a place where things that he's looking for in terms of things that he's looking to buy. He is also on Twitter at SoxBats at Sox Bats on Twitter. He posts all the time and he does a lot of, um, we're, we're talking about custom cards and TTM and he's really into that now. And he also is collecting um, bats, game used bats of all the players. He has most, he has almost all of them. So I think, what do you say? Eight more guys that played this year. And then this is what, this is the one where you win, right? Ken Paulson. He played in the ninth, 1967 Red Sox guys. He played about two weeks and he has passed away, and we're he's, we're looking for a Ken Paulson bat, guys. Game use Ken Paulson bat. You you find one of those, that's a win, right, Jeff? That is a win. That's a win. <laughs> I think I'm down to three now. I need three to complete the collection, so I need Abreu from this year. Yep, Paulson, Abreu and um and Caleb Hamilton, who was a catcher this year, was called up from AAA. Yeah, that's a double for you. Catchers are a double win. So double win exactly. Now you now you got the hang of it, Jeff. Now you're spot on. So he is a bat collector. He is a uh, TTMer. He is a Red Sox guy, but he is relegated to Philadelphia. So he's working working from Philadelphia, guys. And the the uh, Phillies are, are putting on a good show for us this year. Yeah, they're they're a good team. If if I had to root for another team, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it probably would be the Phillies. They've got a they've got a unlike some of the other Philadelphia fans, it can be a little more difficult. They've got a nice fan base. And uh, and a good team. So will you be I, said, will you be heading down to spring training this year? Um, I'd like to. Yeah, I've I've been the last couple of years. Um, but I mean, for me, it's it's much more of kind of the experience. It's not a grafting experience anymore because, as you know, if you've been down there, it's just so tough to get to get autographs from anybody. And and they, that that 
the facility is built to basically make sure that the players don't have to interact with the fans unless they have to. Minor league guys, totally different story. So um, I like going back to the minor league fields, but not graphing, just just kind of watching and and enjoying it. Um, and I've been lucky enough to kind of um, get to know a couple players, a couple of the catchers like Sandy Leone, wonderful guy, was super with the Red Sox, and and I was able to buy um, a lot of his uh, specialty catcher's gear, like the Mother's Day, the Father's Day, the Fourth of July. So, where did you pick up Montgomery's shirt? I saw you had a, a Montgomery's jersey. So there's, um, I've got Montgomery stuff from a couple of different places. Um, so a couple of jerseys, jerseys are from auction. Um, he also has sold some of his stuff over time. So I have a great um, old uh, equipment bag of his, like like old Red Sox equipment bag. Um, That's neat. Yeah. So, and, and then obviously a bat, you know, and I, I was able to track down a glove of his too, which is, which I was able to match to a card. Um, to, I think is 1980 or 79 card. Um, well, so what's your favorite item? Do you have a favorite item? Oh, it's like picking a favorite child. I, I know, I, but you, there's a, there's good. There's gotta be something that you love. Well, off the reservation um, and say, I've got a game used Andre Tippett Jersey. Um, he was my favorite football player growing up, and it's just shredded with team repairs, and it's got a blood stain on it, and it's that's probably one of my. I know I, he's such a he's a difficult autograph though. He's he, really, really. Yeah. I mean, back I I got a ton, I got a, several things of his autograph through the mail um, at the Patriots, but maybe they're just they're probably just cracking down a little bit more than they they used to. But um, but he's on a I you know I collect um Boston sport autograph Boston Sports Illustrated. So that was something kind of simple. Nice. But I, so that was another kind of side collection. Got a lot of side collections, I guess. But um, but yeah. So so that I would say that um, you know, baseball bats. Um, I like that Gomes bat. I love the Brumley bat. The Brumley bat says everything about my collection. It's kind yeah, of- and it was your first one, which has a, a special place for it. Well, I, I I I'm in the mood. I'm in the 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 market for a Fred Lynn bat. So I'll uh, if you have an extra Fred Lynn bat, let me know. Maybe <laughs> hey, we could work something out. Maybe we could work something out. All right, my friend. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, did I miss anything? Because you know, I could talk to you for for another hour, and I, I want to, I want to save it because I'd love to have, have you back on the show. Oh well, I'd I'd love to do a part two, but no, I mean, I think that's I think that's the high points. Um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a lot of fun. I mean, the, the best part about it, and you know, this is kind of learning about the team. Anybody can chase superstars. Uh, I, I really enjoy chasing all the other guys and knowing wait, what wait, the, do you have drug do you have drug griffin of course i have doug griffin, doug griffin. <laughs> well you know he lived right around the corner for me when i was a kid so ttming wise though that's um his his uh his 72 card with the, high number the he i can't find that signed and i and i and i missed in my in my down i saw one on ebay yeah, last that, year i think Someone was selling a huge club. See, now you and I are going to start talking and everybody's going to be like, oh my God, these are crazy. <laughs> um, so that was a huge collection that went up on eBay and it had all these really obscure cards, like the George Smith cards, which are impossible to find. And and all those went for like huge numbers. And I was kind of like, I just like, I mean, those were those were guys who were, who were, who were trying to complete sets who probably saw George Smith and, and they were like, oh my God, I'm never going to see this again in my entire life. And yep. passed away in the mid 70s. So I think. I think so. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I have a Doug Griffin bat, great Doug Griffin bat. Um, and I got all his cards autographed except for, uh, except for that, that 72 with the, uh, that 72. The in action or the, or his regular card? 
the rookie, the 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 one with the rookie trophy on it. So his regular. Yep, so regular card. Yeah, that's yeah. A so, great, that's a great oh, card. It is. It's an awesome card, and he used to sign a lot through the mail, but it was really intermittent. And then I think he did an autograph signing um, before he passed, and I just missed it. So some yeah, one, you, you just don't know, right? Yeah. You just don't know. Now, you learn your. I mean, I learned my lesson. Like these obscure guys, I you know I'm very kind of religiously following the uh religiously following SCN and all the all the promoters and I know the guys like Doug Keating up up in your neck of the woods this yep. guy and he gets he's awesome and he gets he gets so many of these obscure guys he he did an autograph signing with Salt Lamakia this past summer and I showed up with like like I mean it's embarrassing to say like 10 bats and <laughs> and a set of catcher's equipment and Salto Maki was totally nonplussed. He's like, he's like, okay, give me the next thing to sign. That's <laughs> so, funny. But Doug's uh Doug's, I mean, for any of you who, who uh who are wary about sending stuff to to uh promoters to get autographed, Doug's a super guy. Are you coming up for the Shriner show in a couple of weeks? I can't make it to that. I can't. Okay. So yeah. I live in I live in Wilmington, so it's literally a mile from my house. But that's yeah, I I just got too much stuff, too much stuff going on. I got a couple of kids playing college athletics. And so oh, good. I, All right, well, mate, Jeff, maybe we can meet up in uh, spring training. I'm going to be in Florida for the whole month of February and March. So if you well, uh, if you do go to, down to spring training, let me know and we'll we'll, we'll meet up. Guys, it is Jeff Bajukas, Jeff Bajukas. And he is at Scott Soxbat at AOL. That's his uh, email address, right? And he is at at, at SoxBat on Twitter. He is also, check out bostongameuse.com for his website. If you have any questions, if you think can help him finish something he want, he, he needs for a set, or maybe you're looking to unload some Red Sox stuff, Jeff can, Jeff can help you out with that as well. Jeff, it was a pleasure talking with you. I, you know, I love watching your posts of, of the custom cards. I'm jealous every time you, you post something. Steve Dillard, you get, you get these guys that, that, that mean something to me, you know? <laughs> Thanks so much for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, keep up the great work. I really enjoy right, you, it. You too, my friend. And, and I will talk to you, okay? Thanks very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Scanning and cataloging your collection has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. Join over 1 million other collectors in digitizing and pricing your collection. Unlock exclusive features to take your hobby to the next level, like printable checklists, huge discounts to hobby companies, collects AI, and the ability to export your collection to a spreadsheet, all available when you upgrade to Collects Pro. Use Collects AI to help research cards to buy or supercharge the descriptions on your cards to sell them even faster. You also get exclusive discounts with partners like Fanatics, Lupe, and BCW Supplies. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. It's funny, Clement, there's, there's some teams that lend itself to collecting, right? The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Brooklyn Dodgers. There's some teams that you there's so much stuff out there that um, you can collect. Do you? Is there one team that you really... Feel like your team is with the Rangers? Do you have a team that is your team? Yeah, you know, of all the, of the four major sports, I would say it is the Rangers, um, and they have a very long history, like the original six, like the like the Bruins. So it's you know it's hard to, you know, I'm not going to embark on collecting every hockey stick of every Rangers player because that, <laughs> that would be impossible. But 
but you know, kudos to collectors who can stay focused and almost basically create museums. Really, they're creating. He does museums. it. We we talked about it in the interview. He he uh, donates. They have a, there's a Royal Rooters Club at Fenway Park for the season ticket holders, and they have a wall with um, bats, and he he donates his bats to be displayed at the at Fenway Park. So they say, okay, we we want the bats for the 2004 World Series guys and then he go okay i got all those and he pulls them out and they they put them on display it's really neat yeah you know that's the important thing about collecting i think a lot of times i'm guilty of this so i plead guilty you you have good stuff and it's just packed in a box in the closet it's yep. not no one sees it and so uh, kudos to him for, for putting it out there so, so kids can see it collectors can see it because frankly some of the things that people own are museum pieces but so much of it is just in the box and then you don't you don't see it until someone passes away and then they auction it off and people are like seeing it for the first time so we're we're big hoarders that's true yeah but you know I, it bothers me when i hear like you know the guy the guy with the 52 mantle that went for whatever 12.6 million at the national last year or two years ago now uh you know he had it in a safe deposit box it wasn't out being displayed and for everyone to see and it was kind of neat that it was at the show and everyone could see it and uh i think that's part of collecting is sharing and displaying what you love right and what you have no and maybe and that was good that i saw it at the show because clearly we'll next we won't see it again for a long time until he sells it to somebody else yep all right well that wraps up collector's corner next up we're going to hear more from less and now it's time for more from less with hobby legend less wolf it's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start grading your cards today. Well, this is my weekly installment with Les, Les Wolf, of course, from Les Wolf Sports LLC. We kind of just caught up with what's uh, going on uh, with Les this week. Uh, we just want to remind everyone, we are going to be doing appraisals for uh, our November 11th show. So if you have an item that you want Les to give an appraisal for, and that means his opinion on the value of it and the validity of the uh, autograph, if we think it's real or not, please send it to us at etmcast at yahoo.com one dollar ttmcast <laughs> make sure you send it to us uh you know before i don't know the, the eighth or ninth because that's probably when we'll do we'll, we'll do the appraising but please send us a picture and a description send it to us at etmcast at yahoo.com all right guys please enjoy my uh my talk with les wolf this week and uh catching up with more from les Les, how's it going, buddy? Good, how are you? All right, how was your lecture today? We are going to be talking with Les Wolf from Les Wolf LLC, and it is time for more from Les. Hey, Les. Hey, how are you, Jeff? Good, pal. How was your lecture today? Well, apparently the woman didn't realize I only do sports, so I got everything but sports. So... Uh, <laughs> But luckily, what does that, what does luckily, that mean? What that, does that means mean? that what that means is that Les Wolf is so so adept as an appraiser that he could, he could figure out what anything is worth. <laughs> oh no! Was so, it, how many people were there? Was a lot of people there? There was about 
40 people. Wow. What did they bring? What type of stuff did they bring? I got anything from a gold watch, a gold locket, um, some artwork, some uh, sterling silver, some paintings, some vases, some lamps. No sports uh, stuff? No, a Rockwell that would turn out to be a copy. Um, has a blank a lobby card that looked like a copy. Nice. That 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 has to be frustrating. I I I learned what a flapper purse was. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it kind of it it, it translates what what we do. It translates to other antiques. It's just in terms of you providing appraisals for it and value. That must have been difficult. Yeah, not really. I mean. Basically, all you have to do is just Google everything. You know, yeah. this is an older senior citizen crowd, and they didn't um, – I don't think some of them even knew how to turn their phone on right. Right. Well, that, that's too bad. I know you've, uh, you've been busy doing um, library stuff and, and your lectures and doing appraisal. So you got another one coming next week, right? I uh, kind of look. I think I do. Yeah, I thought you said you had one coming up next week. How are you doing? Uh, um, how you doing? How you doing picking up stuff for for other collections? Have you been out looking at other collections? Um, no, I haven't looked at anything lately. I mean, I bought some stuff out of an auction. I got some great stuff. I just sold one thing already. Had a nice um, Rocky Marciano full check. Just got in one I never saw before. Is um, Gil Hodges full check, but it's a it's a blank check that he just signed. Um, got a nice Muhammad Ali check. Got a real nice Roberto Clemente eight by ten. Excuse me, cut. What was it a uh, an in person auction that you went to, or is it online? It was basically online. It's kind of different. You don't. There's not many in-person auctions like they used to be, is there? I don't know of any anymore now. No, they don't do them on in-person anymore. I used to. I remember as a kid going to a bunch of auctions with my dad, uh, but I just don't. I haven't been to an in-person auction in forever. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's the the way that the the auction business has really changed since um, the advent of the internet. It's, it's a, a different way of uh, doing business, don't you think? No, it, it has certainly changed. Do you, Definitely do you think changed. It's a, I know. Do you think it's a, a good thing as a collector? I mean, we have you have access to a lot more stuff, right? And you have, I don't. I think it's easier to you know find values and people people aren't people aren't discovering bar, bargains anymore, right? Because everyone has an idea of what the stuff is worth, right? I would say basically that's a, that's a pretty good assumption. So you're not you don't you don't you don't go into into somebody's uh, to look at somebody's collection without them probably for first having a, a basic idea of what the stuff's worth. I would say that's a, most most people do do know, but a lot of people actually don't know. You know they they well, see they go they they go online and they see that something 
someone's asking fifteen thousand for it, and then when they go when they bother to take a look to see what it actually sold for, and if it sold for fifty five hundred dollars, they, th- they okay they 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 think the fifteen thousand is the right number. Right. I mean, all these these um, record numbers that get um, put in the media. Uh, people think that their items are, are worth that when they're in reality, they, they probably aren't even close to it. No, that's true. Yeah, I, I would think I, I would think it's frustrating. I mean, I know I, just just when I when I was sit, sitting in your booth at the shows, you could people come up and they, they they either are looking they have something that they want to sell to you, or they're looking at something in your booth and and there there's kind of two two ways, right? They either like, oh that's not worth anything, or that thing's worth my what I my what my uh my my uh, Sandy Koufax autograph photo is worth you know, two million dollars. So I'm sorry, it's not. Right. Hey. Yeah. Unfortunately, what, that's that's the story. What's your thought on the um, Major League Baseball? The, the our two teams in the in the World Series. The surprise that we the Diamondbacks got in. Yeah, I am actually. I don't have you. Have, I didn't really watch much of them during the year, and you know, watching them in the playoffs, they're uh, they're such a resilient team. I didn't didn't think that you know you look at their lineup up and down, and like this team doesn't scare me. And you don't know half their pitchers, but they they beat. A, I think they beat a very good Philadelphia team. They beat the they beat the Braves. They beat the Dodgers. They beat a lot of good teams. Oh, definitely. Interesting that both teams two years ago lost over a hundred games. No, I know, and uh, the Rangers have put put together a team very strangely in terms of they brought in all those, you know, Semyon and, and Seager, and they spent a lot of money on hitting two years ago. And this this year they kind of they brought in all these pitchers, and, and it kind of all seems to gel. And I I don't know they they're one of they're a strange team in terms of their bullpen isn't that great, but they they just mash the ball, so they, I guess they don't need that the bullpen, which is usually the key to winning a. a, a, a Playoffs recently. I think the real key was is Bruce Bochy. Yeah, I know and you're I a big that, fan. He's a he's a great manager. Yeah. Do you think um, who do you see that has helped their um, their value as a collectible? Any of the guys in the baseball players playoffs have helped their value? Uh, you know, Corbin Carroll or Garcia or any of these guys? Do you think they they really uh, increased their worth. Oh, definitely. Jordan Montgomery definitely increased his value. Um, that Garcia guy in Texas. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. How about a guy like Scherzer, who was really, really, who's been had a pretty good career, but has um, just been kind of, oh, lukewarm this playoff. You think he's hurt his value? Uh, um, not a great performance. I don't think he's hurt his value. He hasn't increased his value. Put it to you that way. If you if you had to invest in one guy, would Garcia be the guy? Actually, no, it wouldn't be. Who would it be? Corbin Carroll, I like a lot. Yeah, he, he, he uh, looks like the real deal. He he is fast, isn't he? He's a very good ball player. I think it, I think the um, the rule changes have helped, have really uh, made speed an important factor to have it on a team. I think that you know a lot of teams they used to just not steal bases, and I know Terry Francona was in the Red Sox back back in the day, 
they always frowned on stealing bases because it was like they, they thought they were giving away outs. But um, I think that the rule changes have really um, added to the game. Well, especially for a team like Arizona, who, who aren't a long ball hitting team, you know, they, they, they play old-fashioned baseball, which is very enjoyable to watch. I agree. The, the, the Both playoffs have been very, very uh, fun to watch. I'm looking forward to the World Series, and uh, – I don't know. I, I don't. I'm, I'm not. I don't really have a horse in the race. You know, I'm not really. I'm just. I guess I'm rooting for a lot of games. Yeah. I would agree. Hey, what happened? What happened to the Knicks last night? They fell apart. <laughs> they came back. They were in. They, they they took the lead and then they they couldn't hold on to it. You know, when you have uh, Brunson and Randall shooting blanks, you know, both like. Four for twenty-one or four for twenty-nine, I think it was. You can't win a game. I think that's yeah. going to be their their Achilles heel. I think they're they're a very good defensive team, but they're they're going to run hot and cold cold offensively, don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then my Bruins, my Bruins, my Bruins are six and zero. Oh. Hey. It doesn't matter what you start out as. Remember that it's what you end up. I know. How many how many teams have won the 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 point trophy in the NHL and they've gone nowhere in the playoffs, right? Hey, look at Tampa Bay. They started off they weren't losing, and they got knocked out in the first round in the playoffs. So go figure. No, I know. It's really. I mean, it's a, both these teams, both the teams that are in the the World Series, have got hot at the right time, and um, you know they they. Uh, well, it's, it's all these teams prove you just have to get in the playoffs to to have a shot. Um, oh, absolutely! Football, absolutely football's the same way, right? How many wild card teams end up winning the Super Bowl? Um, you know, because they get hot at the right time. That's all it takes, my friends. I know. Hey, um, have you been? Do you buy any new stuff? Any of the new new releases? Do you buy? Do you look? Do you look at any of the new releases? Or you pretty much stay stay away from that stuff? I look at them. I don't. Um, whenever I bought those boxes of the new releases and stuff, quite honestly, I don't really. I don't usually get lucky. <laughs> That's funny. Unfortunately, I usually find that you know everybody else gets lucky. I'm lucky if I can make my money back for whatever the box costs me. So I don't even. I, know I don't even really bother. It's so expensive to buy a hundred dollar, hundred and twenty five dollar hobby boxes. But you know. I think if you, you can spend that money a lot better buying vintage stuff, don't you, would you agree? I, I, I'm a little, you know, I would agree there, and I'm a little different. I'd rather buy a sure thing than buying a chance. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's a lottery ticket now. Those the, buying the basically stuff, yes, that's exactly what it is—a lottery ticket. And we, I mean, we we never had that when we were collecting, you, you know. But then again. You you we were buying boxes for ten or fifteen dollars, not a hundred and thirty dollars, right? That's true. It's a big difference in price. <laughs> How you doing, uh, TTM? And have you sent uh, sent any more TTMs out? I sent out to Art Mahaffey because I have I got an old SI in one of the collections. Okay. I sent to Bill Mazeroski an old uh, McCarthy postcard and an and an eight by ten. Um. Still waiting on Phil McConkey, Andre Ware, uh, uh, and Dan Hampton. 
Dan Hampton is, is strange. Everybody else gets back from Dan Hampton, but I never get back from him. Yeah, I think I got him. I know I, I got um, Andre Ware. I've never gotten McConkey. Does he charge? Pardon me? Does he charge? I don't think so. Okay. I know I got Andre Ware back a while ago. I got a couple cards back from him. And I've gotten Dan Hampton a couple times. Um, and I've got Mazeroski. In fact, I unfortunately... Mazeroski I've gotten before, but... But Dan Hampton's kind of funny. I must. I always send a bunch of goal lines, uh, you know, and I tell him to keep some and stuff. So I, I guess he doesn't want to keep some. He wants to keep all that I send him because I, I never, <laughs> I've never gotten back from him. That, that's very strange. Is there anyone out there that you really want their autograph that you don't have? Um, there's always guys I always want, like Victor Wimbayama. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think he has a signing habit, but I would guess no, right? No, he hasn't. Are you gonna Are you gonna try to get him in person when he comes to New York? Oh, I'll have to see. Maybe. Do you, Do you have any in person uh, events that you're going to, or anyone anyone you're gonna try to stake out uh, in the near future? Well, not, I actually I want to go. I've been always wanting to meet because I liked him. Uh, Kurt Warner, but he does like uh, he does game uh, Monday Night Football, so hopefully I can okay. catch up to him at the stadium. And the, what, do you, what do you have? What do you have that you want to sign? You want a helmet? Do you have a helmet that you want to sign? Pictures? Do you have? That well, I got sign? my whole. I got a whole same helmet. That's one thing. I have uh, a bunch of photos and SIs that I never got signed on him. Yeah, I don't recall seeing him at a, a recent show. I don't think he's been at the national, right? I don't think so, but I heard he's a terrific signer, and he's super. Yeah, I don't super have. Nice. I, I don't have him either. So I want. I want to go for him. So that's the plan. I know, I, I know you've been posting a lot of stuff. I, you know, I saw the Rocky Marciano picture. You, you had the uh, Jimmy Fox picture. Uh, what else? Do you, what else have you been posting lately? And, and what's available in your store? Well, I got a ton of stuff available in my store, over 800 items. Uh, I'm constantly uh, getting more and more good stuff in. Uh, I mean, right now, this Gil Hodges check, when he signed Gilbert Hodges, it's a blank check, and he signed a full name, and it's on his uh, Gil Hodges Lane stationery. So it's pretty cool. I'll be posting that. Just got in a nice Clemente cut. Got to wait on my JSA letter. And like I said before, I got I got a gorgeous uh, Cassius Clay check signed December thirteenth, seventy three. I got to do a little research and see if um, to see who who was fighting, you know, who who he was training for on that one. You signed to Cassius Clay. This was before he was Muhammad Ali. No, it's Muhammad Ali. It's signed. Okay, that's still kind of I wish cool. guys, I wish guys, it was Cassius Clay. Check out Les's store. I'm just telling everyone to check out your store at uh, leswolfsportsllc.com. He is also on uh, eBay at Autographs with a Z. Uh, if you're looking for any Christmas gifts, Hanukkah gifts, birthday gifts, anything in terms of autograph memorabilia, Les has it. You can also send Les an email. Les's email is an AOL address. Les, what's your email address again? Lwolf, W-O-L-F-F. 1823 at AOL. 
Also, if you have, if you're looking to sell your collection, Les is always interested in in, in, in purchasing collections. So reach out to to Les. You can go ch- check out his uh, website. The website leswolfsportsllc.com. All the contact information is there, and he also has tons of cool memorabilia, including uh, Mickey Mantle and Sandy Koufax and uh, Rocky Marciano, and you name it. He, He's got it, and he has a lot of celebrities. He's getting it. Have you got any more celebrity autographs then? Mm. Actually, yes, I did. I just sent okay. it off to Jimmy Spence to get authenticated. Yeah, I got a pretty extensive, about twenty, about fifteen items, twenty items, uh, some really cool stuff. I just got in. I got to say, you know, I never. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Give me a second. <laughs> I'm I got sitting a, on the edge of the I need to know. Here's what I got. I got Brian May, John Madam on an album page, Ronnie James, Dio, and Paul Rogers, Jimmy Page and Jeff Beck, Robert Plant, Gene Simmons. Got a Bad Company CD, CD page, you know, the uh, instructions uh, with uh, Paul Rogers, Simon, Simon Kirk, David Caldwell, Jay Lachey. I got a Ted Nugent one. I got a, The Wildlife, autographed by John Denver. I got Line. In Detroit, autographed by Peter Frampton. I got Journey, signed by Neil Schoen, Ross, Valerie, Jonathan Kane, and Dean Casanovo, Steve Orgy. Got a sticks one, James Young, Glenn Burtick, Tom Sussman, and Lee Gorman, REO Speedwagon, Kevin Cronin, Nick Dowdy, Bruce Hall, David Amato, Brian Hitz. Florida, complete greatest hits, signed by Lou Graham and Mick Jones. Got a Marvel Encyclopedia which is all about uh, Lou Ferrigno, signed by him, Howard Stern, Private Parts, signed by him and Robin Quivers, and Eddie Money, the first album, signed by Eddie Murney, The Best of Elvin Bishop, signed by Elvin Bishop, Backman Turner Overdrive, ordered by Randy Backman and C.F. Turner, I Got the Doors, ordered by Ray Manzarek, John Desmore and Bobby Krieger, Holy Diver, signed by Ronnie James Dio, Jimmy Payne, Vinny Appis and Vivian Campbell. Survivor, signed by Randy Backman. A rude weather wax letter. He's the one that uh, came up with Lassie. Okay. So I've I've got some really, really cool new stuff. All that stuff, as soon as they get them back from JSA and certified, they'll be posted. But if anybody wants, is interested in them now, just let me know. They're all guaranteed to pass because this guy got everything in person. That it's made the deal with to get them. So it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, that's a lot of cool stuff. I love the Robin Quivers and Howard Stern book. That's really neat. Yeah, private parts. Yeah. Did you read the book? It was a good book. No, I did not read it. You're a book you're a book collector, right? You get it you get you get a lot of um autographed copies of books. Yes, I do. But did unfortunately I don't have it. I don't have the time to read them. That's the problem. Did you get the Schwarzenegger book? I know he has. He had a um, recent book no, signing, right? No, no, I did not get the Schwarzenegger book. How about the, a couple of the recent ones? There was um, that Bruce Springsteen book that was out, and Obama had a book that was out that was signed, and Bill Bill Clinton. Oh, I, and, I, have, I have the I have the Obama Springsteen book. I yeah, think I have a and couple then Bill Clinton and uh, what's his name, James Patterson, right? I've got that book. Yeah, the the uh, Springsteen uh, Obama book I've had I've had a few I've sold 
I got I got a couple left. That was a very tough book to get. No, you I had know. Them from Barnes and Noble on a certain day, and you had and um, they were like four or five hundred dollars to buy them, so they were not cheap. And and no, it's good is because you're in New York a lot. All the uh, all the authors uh, usually have book signings. So do you go to many book signings? I used to go to a lot of them years ago. But I'm finding most, you know, most of the time it's not worth it to me because most of the people just want the the autograph cut out of the book. So, so there's not that much demand for me anymore with certain books signed. Yeah, I like the whole book. I like it, and I like getting the book. Uh, but I like having the book autographed, you know. And so do I. But I only but like I, the hardcover ones. I agree. I I read them though. I usually read them, so then the, the, they're not mint anymore because I read the book when I get it, you know. I I used to read them all. I just like I said, I just don't have the time. To, if I read all thousand some odd books that I have right now, I, I I I'd be reading for the rest of my life probably. I know it's fun. Hey, um, I think I, I think we should do a uh, another um, appraisal opinion show in a couple of weeks. What do you think? Whatever the people want, give the people what they want. All right. Well, we always—I think we always have good responses, and I, I really love seeing the the diversity of stuff sent in. So, guys, if you have anything that you'd like to give get less opinion on, it's not an official appraisal, but it's just an opinion of what the what it's worth, and if the autograph is is authentic, why don't you um, send in your your a picture of your your item or items? Uh, make sure you have a description in there, and send it to me at ttmcast@yahoo.com, and maybe we'll do it in two weeks less. We'll do it. What are we wearing? Uh, October, maybe we'll do the beginning of November. How about that? Sounds like a plan. All right, buddy, let's do it. We'll do our, uh, our appraisal and uh, on a less wolf opinion on your stuff the first week in November. Please send me your picture with, uh, please, a couple pictures, a brief description, and if you want you want to get a, uh, a idea of what it's worth and if the you know, if you have questions on if the autograph is valid, Please send those in. Send them to me at ttmcast.yahoo.com. We'll promote it on the show for the next couple of weeks, and then we'll do it uh, first week in November, right, Northwest? Sounds like a plan, my friend. All right, buddy. Anything else you want to add before I let you go? It's almost near Christmas, people out there. You know, you need those great Christmas gifts. I am available. I've got great gifts for you. You want to make it, that gift memorable? Get some memorabilia from Les. Right, get less. Uh, you and I talk about this all the time, right? You, you think about all the gifts you've gotten in your life, and anytime anyone gives you something that's been signed by somebody, you always remember. You're like, oh yeah, my aunt got that for me for my birthday, or my my wife got that for me for Christmas, or you know, or my kids got that for me. You always you always remember getting that signed member piece of memorabilia, don't you? Oh, absolutely. All right, but guys, Absolutely. check out check out Les Wolf's what they all see. Send uh, Les an email or give him a phone call if you have any questions. If you don't see it on his site, I'm sure he can he has it or he can get his hands on it. Um, how about like you know stuff for 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 the kids? You know uh, you know a Taylor Swift signed uh, item or or some of the you know Selena Gomez signed item or some of the uh, Justin Bieber. Do you have access to any of that kind of stuff? I just sold my last uh, Taylor Swift CD. But you can get I it. I bet you can get, I bet you can get another one if someone wants one. Yeah, that's true. I just, I, uh, I, I, you know, I just sent out some stuff. So we'll see. 
All right, my friend. I will we'll catch up with you next week, guys. It's Les Wolf Sports LLC. Check it out. Les, have a great week. All right, bud? You have a better one, my friend. All right. I will talk to you. Talk to you later. Bye. Take care. Bye. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC Cards offers fast turnaround times, so you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders, so your cards shine. And best yet, all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start creating your cards today. Right, Clemente, Les is very cool. I love talking to Les. He uh, has been doing this longer than you and I combined, probably. And he just, he, he he's a wealth of knowledge. And it's, I love talking to somebody. I get this, the dealer point of view from him. You know, he's he looks at it a little different than than you and I, because we're collectors. Well, Les is a collector, but he also is making a living uh, doing this. So it's, he, you know, it's nice to talk to him about um, negotiating price and, condition and what you're looking for when you're selling your collection. Les is a wealth of knowledge and he's, he's been a great addition to the show as have you. So uh, do you like my, my Les Wolf segments every week? I, I enjoy them. I, I agree with you. I like to get that perspective because you're right. We're, we're more in the collector's content creation. We're not looking at it as a business and he does. And that's, you know, I think it's really important to know. I actually met him in person. I didn't see him at the national. I know he's very busy at the national, but I did see him at a Hofstra show earlier this year. And he's just got reams and reams of autographs. Oh, it's he has amazing. so much stuff. He has a lot of stuff. And if you're looking for a nice eight by 10 of, literally anybody either in the major sports or even celebrity it's there he, he, he's got it and so no it was you know i bought some stuff from him and uh, i i support people that are part of the show and so no he's a great guy and if you know and he don't be shy go up to him and then we talked for like 20 minutes so um, oh les can talk les loves to talk he so can i the, so there we go he's got the gift of gab you guys together are very good <laughs> all right well that wraps up more from Les. next up we're gonna do a little making the grade Making the Grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. Making the Grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We have some grading numbers to report. Yeah, so PSA, we have 307,300 cards graded. That's up 18%. SGC, 28,200. That's down a little bit, 3%. And then Beckett at 14,400 cards down 17%. So I see Beckett is still on the slide. And then uh, no numbers for CGC. And guys, those are great numbers for the October 16th to the 22nd. Uh, on our Wednesday show, we will have uh, the numbers for the whole month of October. And uh, of course, we get all our grading numbers from our friends at gemrate.com. So now it is time for the big three. This week's Big Three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com. See, we're high-tech here at TTMCast. I can tell. Clemente's getting all the behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> we get out the Big Three from our friends at Gemrate. This is, we look at the risers and fallers of, of guys who's Grading numbers have changed from the previous week. We have three football guys, three quarterbacks, actually, rising this week. C.J. Stroud, who's kind of uh, come to the forefront, right, of the, the rookie class. I would say he's the 
you know, Anthony Richardson was was uh, had a shot, but he got hurt. And I think now CJ Stroud is is the guy everyone's looking at. He was up seventy percent, and then a couple of veterans, Joe Montana was up forty seven percent, and Peyton Manning was up twenty five percent. One of the reasons why CJ Stroud was leading act uh, leading greater or or uh, riser this week is that his two thousand twenty three Panini Instant NFL First Look increased two hundred sixty six percent over last week with more hundred more than one hundred twenty copies graded. So that's pretty good, guys. So if you're looking at one of the rookies. C.J. Stroud might be the guy to look. All right, Clemente, who are the guys that are falling? Three falling guys. So Jackson Holiday down 29%. Ali De La Cruz down 40%. And then Drew Jones down 43%. You think these guys are down because um, baseball season's basically over and right. um, people are looking looking towards football and, and basketball? Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that your next list would include more baseball players because the season's coming to an end and people are just moving on to the other sports, NBA, NHL, football. I, I agree with that. So it's not surprising to see these guys on here because there's very little, you know, sort of traction. Uh, but I think baseball, you'll see it upswing again in the spring, of course. Yeah, and I think we're going to see some Garcia from Texas. I think his cards will be up. I think uh, Corbin Carroll will be up because he's now in the World Series. And um, Carter from the uh, center fielder for, or from Texas, I think his um, cards will be upcoming because they're getting exposure, national exposure, right? Yeah, and then you'll see also whoever the MVP of the series will be. I'm sure we'll see a bump. I mean, that that's natural for sure. All right, I want to thank our friends at uh, germate.com for the big three. They give these statistics, statistics for us, exclusive statistics just to us. So hopefully you enjoy uh, our weekly big three, guys. Thank you from our friends at germate.com. All right, next up, Clemente. Take, change your hat. Right, now it's something different. Stamp of approval. The stamp of approval. Stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. It's football season. There's no better time to get your NFL stars, rookies, and veteran cards graded. CGC cards offers fast turnaround times. So you get your cards back even faster. They have crystal clear holders. So your cards shine and best yet all starting at just $12 a card. Head to cgccards.com to start creating your cards today. All right, why don't you, you why don't you do yours first? What, what, what we do with TCAM uh, cast stamp approval is just kind of find something that we're into that necessarily doesn't have to be collecting. It can be food, it can be movies, it can be TV, it can be books, anything that we're kind of into, just to prove to the world that we we are more than just a couple guys doing TTMs. No, that's right. So I've been, you know, I like to watch Netflix like everybody else. And there's a, lot, a million shows on Netflix. So you have your pick. But the one that I, I watched, the four-part series, came out a few weeks ago. It's called Beckham. And it's about David Beckham's career. And it's a real great look into his life and to his some of the big games he played in. But also, what a big deal he was culturally in the 90s. I think we forget he was he married one of the Spice Girls. He became a fashion icon. She was a music sensation. So if you know if you want to go back to 90s celebrity culture, this documentary is not just about soccer. You know, I was there for the soccer, but it's also there, you know, everybody in my family is into this because my daughter's into it, my my wife's into it because for the different reasons and including the fact that David Beckham is, you know, he comes across as a really nice guy in this documentary and um I have a funny David Beckham story. I mean, I, I met David Beckham uh, because I was a reporter and I covered 
MLS and he was he played in MLS for the Galaxy. And one of my favorite memories of David Beckham was when the Galaxy won one of their championships. He was in the locker room and they were all spraying, you know, champagne and everything. And he was he was drinking a Budweiser and he was like pouring it all over the place. And oh, a down to earth guy. And this documentary really shows that. And he's a lot more likable than I thought he would be. And if you're into fashion from the 90s, if you're into that throwback stuff, you know, anything, it's pre-social media. So it's really interesting snapshot into what celebrity life was like. So I re- I highly recommend it. It's four hour, it's four episodes, totally worth it. And David Beckham was kind of Tom Brady before Tom Brady, right? Yeah, because he had the 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 skills, but he had the looks and the celebrity-ness. So Tom Brady had that Joe Montana really didn't and have. the famous wife and the whole yeah exactly whole yards exactly and and David Beckham was global, which is you know even bigger than maybe Tom Brady. Yep. All right. Well, cool. That Clemente's uh, stamp approval is the David Beckham documentary. Make sure you check that out. My stamp approval is also uh, a TV show or a video. And I uh, we started watching this new Frasier um, reboot. I guess it's on Paramount Plus. It takes place uh now as fraser is comes back to boston he works in harvard as a uh, a lecturer and his son has grown up and is in a boston firefighter and his uh his uh, son his brother's kid um is also he's a student at harvard so he's in it and uh he has some uh, a friend that we hadn't, hadn't seen before and he comes back as a as a professor at harvard and it's funny it really is funny you know i th- i like him i like uh I like Kelsey Grammer as Fraser Crane. I think he's very good at it. And um, surprisingly, it was getting panned by by the critics. So, but we said, all right, let's watch it. And I think there's four episodes that we've seen, and you know, they're only a half hour, and it's a, your typical um, sitcom. You know, there's you know, there's some giggles in there, and it's it's worth a half hour. So check it out. Fraser on Paramount Plus is my TTM cast stamp of approval for the week. All right, Clemente, that wraps up stamp approval. Let's do the burn rap minute. All right, guys, the Vern Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away prior to me sending out a TTM request. And we do this as a um, service to our fellow TTMers, so you're not sending out a TTM request to someone who passed. We look at people in the world of sports and celebrity and politics and, and music, and we've lost some people this week. First, we lost Ed Stanford. Ed Stanford was a left winger. He was a five-time All-Star, consecutive from 51 to 55 he played from 1947 to 1955 with the Boston Bruins, the Red Wings, and the Blackhawks. He's played in 503 NHL games, scoring 106 goals. He wasn't. I didn't do DMs. Ed Stanford was 95 years old. And next we have Bingo Smith, uh, sixth pick in the 1969 NBA draft. Played with the San Diego Rockets for the Cavaliers. He featured in 865 NBA games, scored over 10,000 points. 
played between 1969 and 1979. He's not much of a, was not much of a signer. Bingo Smith was 76. All right, we lost Harry Wilson. Harry Wilson was a running back with the Philadelphia Eagles from 1967 to 1970. He didn't do much CTM. Harry Wilson was 79 years old. And we also lost Rob Gardner, pitcher for the Mets, Yankees, Brewers, A's, Cubs, Indians, a bit of a journeyman. Played between 1965 and 1973, uh, 14 and 18 record. Good CTM. He last signed in May 2021. Rob Gardner was 78. Yeah, I mean, if you collected cards in the late sixties and early seventies, I think he was he he was featured in just about every one of those teams and as a card. And you know, he's one of those guys that if you're collecting a set, you probably you probably needed a set. So uh, we sorry we lost her up. Uh, we lost uh, Godfrey. I'm gonna kill the. I'm gonna this ruin this guy's last name. Zon Brecher. How about Zon Brecher? Zon Brecker. Zon Brecker. Okay, Godfrey Zombrecker, he was a center. He played with LSU in college. He played with the Minnesota Vikings from 1970 to 1973. He played in Super Bowl Eight. He was uh, last attempted in October of 2019. Uh, Godfrey was 76 years old. Yeah, we also lost Tom Walker, who played between 1972 and 1977 for the Expos, the Tigers, the Cardinals, the Angels. Had an 18-23 and 23 record. Uh, 191 appearances, great TTMer. He last signed in June 2023. This past June, he was uh, 74 years old. Clemente, we lost uh, a goalie, former goalie, Duck Wilson. He played uh, 287 games with Vancouver, Toronto, Pittsburgh, and the Rangers from 1970 to 1978. He uh, has he had a rough record. He played with a lot of with a lot of bad teams, but uh, <laughs> he last TTM'd in 2005, so he wasn't much of a GTMer. Duck Wilson was 75 years old. Yeah, we lost actor Richard Roundtree, who was a star of Shaft. He was 81 years old. We lost um, English soccer legend, uh, Sir Bobby uh, Charlton. Uh, did you mention him in your book at all? I did. He was a big part of the 1966 uh, World Cup team that England, uh, the last time they won the World Cup, and probably the greatest English soccer player ever. Yeah, he, I know he had... Um, Dementia. He had dementia really bad in, in his later years. He last TTM'd in April of 2014. Sir Bobby Charlton was 86 years old. Yeah, a footnote on Charlton. He also survived a, a pretty famous air crash when he was a member of Manchester United um, and then helped rebuild the team as a player. So, yeah, a big loss for the soccer world. But uh, next we have Betsy Rawls, eight major LPGA events winner. She last TTM'd in May 2020. Betsy Rawls was 95. All right, Clemente, that wraps up the Vern Red Minute. We are sorry for your loss. Sympathy goes out to you or anyone that lost anyone this week. Uh, Clemente, let's get right into TTM Returns. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM Returns. Why don't you do yours first and then I'll do mine, okay? Yeah, so I bought Upper Deck Series 1 Hockey and Tops Update. So I send out a bunch. I figure a lot of these guys, I sent to teams for hockey. I've had mixed success right there with current players. And then I sent out a bunch to baseball players who I know are now home. So hopefully a lot of Florida addresses, but uh, I sent out to a bunch of homes. So hopefully those come back. Uh, I've gotten mixed results there, but I did make a purchase, uh, an autograph uh, card, a 1981 Olympics card of Mary Lou Retton. Uh, your listeners may know she's been ill recently and uh, I never got her TTM. And I didn't think it would be a good opportunity to do that now. So, but I wanted to get her because I do have 
I'm amassing an extensive collection of, of former Olympians. They often appear on these 90s Olympic cards, but also they appear on uh, Allen Ginter and some other places. Um, so uh, I got Mary Lou Brett and I paid about $40 on eBay. I think I paid high because of the current news, but I really wanted to get her. Uh, it came with certificate of authenticity. Um, and Mary Lou Retton, for anybody who grew up in the 80s or knows, knows she was an iconic gymnast, is, you know, still remains an iconic gymnast with that American flag covered, a colored, you know, um, outfit, um, a, a legend really uh, in terms of Olympians. Um, and uh, as you mentioned, you know, prior to our recording, she's a good TTMer. But I'm I'm now you know the Olympics are coming in, in this summer in 2024. I'm I'm interested in more and more uh, getting more Olympians over the next coming weeks and months. Do you have a lot of Olympians in your current collection, or is this something you're just trying to beef up? Yeah, I'm just trying to beef up. I have Greg Luganis, um, the, the former diver, uh, famous diver. Um, Mark Spitz is a very good signer. Um, yep. I have Mark Spitz. But there's so many other people out there like, uh, you know, uh, speed skater Dan Jansen or Bonnie Blair. I want to get those. I mean, there's a lot of other Olympians, and they're good signers. They are. Uh, it's, it's really surprising how great uh, most Olympians are. You know, you know, you know, guy. Even a guy like Sugar Ray Leonard was was signing, was signing TTM at one time. So, and there's a lot of a lot of Olympians do sign. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but well, that's pretty good. I have got a, I only got two returns this week, so it was a little slow. I got um Tim Goad, former New England Patriot uh, nose tackle. I got him on his pro set card, 1991 pro set card, and I got Don Beebe on a score football card. So two two returns this week. I just sent out 20 1986 tops football cards. So I've got a bunch out. I I sent out uh, I think 15 last week and then 20 this week. I got a my my mailbox was doing good until this week. All of a sudden, it slowed down. It's really weird how the, it goes in cycles, isn't it? It, it is. And I noticed now we're going to enter the Christmas season, and when the mail gets really busy, and it's probably not the best time to be sending out because there might be delays. Once Christmas comes, I know my mailman is he's he's still delivering mail at eight o'clock at night. He's always telling me he slammed at Christmas time, and it's starting. I think it starts around now. Um, so we, we shall see. Yeah, I mean, I try, I try not to send out many requests after like the second week in December. I kind of, I kind of give people a break from the right. week, from that until after New Year's. But, um, you know, if, I, the the adage is, if you don't send them out, you don't get returns, right? That's absolutely, that's absolutely. what it all goes about. All right, buddy. Well, that uh, ends returns. Let's put a ball in the show and wrap it up. We made it. You made it through a whole show. I made it. I mean, as a as a listener and a and a, and a one who appears on the show once a month, I got this. I got the behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. I got to see how the the, the sausage is made, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope you're not too disappointed. <laughs> no, no, I I figured the special effects were not that special. <laughs> yeah, it's not that special. Well, guys, I want first. I want to thank Les Wolf for joining us again. He's he's on just about every week. Thank you, Les Clemente, of course, Clemente Lise, to guest hosting and uh, being a regular guest. Collector uh, Jeff Bajukas. Thank you, Jeff. It was really uh, fun talking to you. Wednesday, Drew is back. Drew will be back, and I'm sure he is going to be uh, like a, a, a dog let out of his cage, right? With uh, the Rangers going going and winning and all, all, all the TTM stuff. So we will have Drew back on Wednesday. We will speak with Mark Hoyle, who is a, a big uh, collector. We're going to talk to Mark about his, his collection uh saturday we will have last wolf again and i am going to the trina show in uh, wilmington mass so we'll have a, a a great show for you next saturday clemente any final thoughts 
Thanks for having me on the show. It was fun. And uh, like I said, if you're going to be in Toronto between November 9th and 12th, look for me. Yeah. And guys, Clemente will be back on our November 18th show. He's going to give a review of the the, uh, Toronto show. We'll look at uh, the NHL season to date and uh, maybe we'll even talk a little soccer. Right, Clemente? Why not? All right. We wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Wednesday. Be good.